Black Box Radio. We are a media platform illustrating black excellence. You already know. We out here. Hey. Black Box Radio. Boxer. Boxer. Black Box Radio. Boxer. Black Box Radio, Queen of B. Uh, we have in studio Ricky Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn, 2020 mayoral candidate. Am I right? You're right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, we love having you. You are our first candidate for anything. So that's what's up. Okay, made history today. I know that's right. Absolutely. When they said I wouldn't be in the yeah, history. So we, we, yeah, so we're loving this because we, we got to delve into this uh, politic thing. Okay, but first we need to know who you are. R- Ricky Vaughn, you know, I, I tell folks Ricky Vaughn is uh, son of Baltimore. Um, you know, this high school dropout to uh, MBA, uh, PhD, law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, minimum wage worker at McDonald's to uh, CEO and, mm-hmm. and owner and operator of uh, majority uh, my, quite a few restaurants in multiple states um homeless to homeowner and uh convicted of a felony when i was 18 to the uh mayor of baltimore city in 2020. now this is some real story right here that's a real story okay so you've been in all levels you know I, i've been at all levels you know I, I tell folks in order to get to it uh, you must go through it, and and I've mm. been through it. Um, you know, it's I'm I'm here today because of a a strong family that prayed for me, a strong community that mm. uplifted me, and uh, a strong Baltimore that stood behind me. Wow, where did you grow up? Where, where East is this Baltimore? Oh, least the, East uh, Baltimore. Nips. You know, I, I say East Baltimore. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a shout out to my my East Baltimore family, but I really would say I grew up in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I moved to West Baltimore in my teen years. Okay, uh, I went to Southern Senior High School before I dropped out, so I was good friends with many South Baltimoreans. You know, okay. Cherry Hill. Uh, you know, they we combined the school, uh, the districts down there. So and then over in North Baltimore, you know, I was in North Baltimore, and Northwest Baltimore. Uh, majority of uh, a great deal of my family still lives in Northwest Baltimore. OK, where did you what grade did you drop out? I dropped out ninth grade. Ninth. Uh, I think. But towards the, the end of the school year, right before the end of the school year. Just didn't like it. Didn't like it. I went to uh, I was fortunate to go to a senior prom that year. In the ninth grade, uh, in the ninth grade, I you went were to a senior in prom. high school, bro. You know, I, I was the yeah. You know, I'm. I got to keep looking down. I'm married now, so I, <laughs> I know my wife. Listen, I love you. Um, I don't want no trouble. You know, so it's uh yeah. We don't need that drama on the campaign trail. You know, Mary gets beat up by his wife. You know, the uh. But you know, I dropped out in the ninth grade. Uh, you know, I say it towards the end of the year, but I wasn't going to school throughout the year. So okay, uh, I probably dropped out the second week after school started. My goodness. Okay. And so, but you've done a lot, so that, but that was, was there a reasoning? I mean, because I just always wonder what is the, dro- why are you dropping out? Because it, what is there to do? It wasn't challenging enough for okay, me. Got it. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of folks say that's a cop out, but it wasn't. It wasn't challenging enough. Um, you know, in middle school, elementary school, I was a great student, honor roll. Um, you know, every award you can probably get in high school, you know, the first couple of weeks started off great, you know, was getting good grades. Um, I was also the class clown, 
you know, so I had to have a balance there, <laughs> but it just wasn't challenging enough. And then I was also working for McDonald's. So I uh, became a store manager. Um, uh, well, became a shift manager and then eventually became a store manager, and worked my way up. So I was just more of that, you know what, not challenging enough. I have a job making a couple of dollars. You know, my dad and mom brought me a car and I was fortunate. So. So wait a minute. So you were able to not finish school, just work in McDonald's and start working up. And they didn't. It was no. And that was like 15 years old, right? I started McDonald's at 14. 14. So I started McDonald's on my 14th birthday um, down just, on Howard Street. Wow, you just continued to work, shift manager, and just went through the ranks. You know, it's, it's ironic. I started working at McDonald's on my 14th birthday, and mm. I became a store manager on my 18th birthday. The mm. night of my 18th birthday, I was supposed to go out with friends. Uh, and the store manager threw her keys uh, on the counter and said, I'm gone. And uh, the district manager came in about a half hour later and, and said, would I hold the store down? So I became a store manager at 18 years old. Man. So this is why I'm seeing it's like your foray into like restaurants. But we're going to get to that because <laughs> <laughs> you worked in restaurants and worked your way up. OK. All right. So why does Baltimore need Ricky Vaughn? You, you know, Baltimore needs a. Uh, someone with a a vision and someone with action behind a vision. You know, we have a lot of visions out there, but we don't have the, or, or we have individuals that don't know how to pour resources together and unify communities in order to actually bring change into the, uh, into the communities, into our city. Uh, Baltimore needs a, you know, I always tell folks, anytime you have revenue coming in, and revenue going out, it's a business. You can call it city government, you can call it city council, you can call it state legislature, it doesn't call matter. It church. It, it, call it church. Uh, it's a business. It's so a business. Uh, it, the most successful businesses out there are ran by servant leaders uh, and individuals that understand the connection with people. And so Baltimore needs a CEO. Uh, I've been a CEO since I was 27 years old. Uh, I've never filed bankruptcy in my business, uh, mm. and we own and operate over a hundred restaurants. Uh, so for, Amazing. you know, for, to have a, a, a great deal of restaurants in multiple States, uh, and continue to build off of my wife just purchased, uh, 11 food trucks. Uh, so, it, you know, I don't, I don't, wow. I don't know what she thinking sometimes. Uh, but she just purchased Where is the wifey. Yeah, she just purchased 11 food we, trucks. We so need we're, sister wife. Yeah, hey. What's up, wifey? And she's out. Actually, today she's at Morgan. She's at Morgan today. I don't even today. like wifey more. She is at Morgan. She's at Morgan. That's what's so up. Me and wifey's cool. What's her name? Ellen Vaughn. Ellen Vaughn. Ellen Vaughn. So she's at uh, Morgan today. She's, she's at Morgan She's today. a very strong advocate for, uh, my wife is 25, so she's a very strong advocate for young women. So. Two, five? Two, five. Two, five. Excellent. Okay. So um, you're saying Baltimore needs a CEO. Baltimore needs a CEO. Um, and also Baltimore needs someone that can actually um, put people before politics. That is one of the biggest challenges or setbacks that we have as a city. Uh, we tend to put our political party mm -hmm. or political favors um, uh, before those that we are sworn in to protect and serve. And, you know, the one thing about me, I tell folks I can't be brought. Uh, I don't owe any favors to anyone but those that elect me in office, which are the voters, the constituents. Mm -hmm. uh, and my commitment is not to 
anyone except the constituents, the voters. And, and I believe that's what we've gotten away from uh, within our city government over decades. I read because, you know, the mayor, the current mayor, Jacko, he said uh, he hoped the hustlers are that it stays cold outside. You know, every, everyone has a very unique crime plan. Yes, uh, <laughs> and you wrote a rebuttal to that. And I, it was I, strong, I bro. And um, it was really passionate, too. And I just want you to expound on that because I don't understand him. Like, hustlers don't care about no cold weather. What is he talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean. And Jack is from, ain't he from East Baltimore? And he's from, yes. Come I on, mean, bro. You know, that's like. I don't know where he got that from. You know, first of all, you know, m- myself and many others took offense to that. You know, I lost my brother. Uh, here in East Baltimore, Lambell Street, oh my in the winter. In the so winter. I'm assuming that the gangbangers didn't get that memo uh, that they're supposed to stay inside when it's cold. So, you know, one thing as a leader, and, and, and I, I faced it when I first became a CEO, I would say things and, you know, folks look at me like I'm crazy. And But you have to understand your role as a CEO and as a leader. The first job, your your first responsibility is to make sure that you're protecting those uh, that you serve. Uh, and so, you know, it was insensitive for him to say, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, we're going back and forth. And we're like, hold up. You got, you know, go tell the mothers that lost their 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 sons and their daughters uh, that, you know, crime is going to be, re- you know, reduced because folks are standing because it's cold outside. Well, what happens when the summer get here? Hell, they're going to stay inside because it's hot outside. So I don't even you know, understand it, why he said that. Yeah, certain <laughs> things you just don't say as a leader, period. Absolutely. You know, I think that's the reason why we got. Uh, the craziness we have over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Hmm. Uh, you know, you, you can't really focus on policy. Uh, and, and again, I'm not going to say anything uh, or, or discredit Jack's, I believe, heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think any, you know, I think, you know, himself and many others love the city, sure. but it's a difference of loving the city and leading the city. Hmm. And I just don't think that he is um, the right leader uh, right now for the city of Baltimore. Okay. So, I don't want to I don't want to lose the thread because we jumped from 18 to being a CEO at 27. So from the time you became a store manager at McDonald's um, to being a CEO at 27, that's a roughly 10 year span of time where a lot of things happened for happened for yes. you, clearly, because you had dropped out of school. Did you go back and get a GED or how, how did that work? I did. I uh, dropped out in, at 18, went and got my GED at 24 graduated from Hampton University magna cum laude at 25 uh, 27 um no I'm sorry got my GED at 23 graduated from Hampton uh 2007 uh, from there I went to law school did a year in law school at ALU uh then I wanted to go for my MBA so I uh transferred and went to University of Southwest for my MBA graduated with honors uh, and as of June or coming June 2020, I'll be Dr. Ricky Vaughn with a PhD in public policy and administration. Go ahead, Ricky Vaughn. From Walden University. That's what I'm talking about. So here in Baltimore. Educated black man. Okay. So, so that, so that period of time from mm-hmm. when you became, from when you were managing McDonald's through the time you kind of started your, the enterprise that you're leading now. Yes. A lot of that was focused around education. It was, it was definitely focused. You know, my, my family, my neighbors, everyone are, are very strong advocates. My aunt was the principal at Utah Marshall. Um, so I have, you know, principals in my family, teachers in my family. Um, and, you know, I've never had any, you know, never felt a certain way about education as far as from a negative standpoint. I just, 
you know, one of those individuals that need to be challenged. So I decided, you know, that I definitely wanted to go back and get my, my education. I remember sitting inside of McDonald's. Um, you know, one thing that many folks in McDonald's will say is uh, they believe I was an effective leader. So we will be in the middle of lunch rush and I'll be sitting in the lobby doing my homework. Uh, and my store still ran. My staff was behind the counter. We didn't have long drive through lanes. Um, you know, my, my employees still work. Customers would come over and be like, do you need any help? You good? Um, so I really, you know, wanted to tone it down some and really put a lot of focus behind my education, behind my study. So, you know, when a lot of folks were going partying, that's why I didn't pledge, you know, but, you know, if the frats are listening, I'm now looking, uh, but the, uh, that's why I didn't pledge, you know, cause I wanted to make sure that I stayed focused on my studies. So what do you like? What plan? What do you want to pledge? You know, of course, I'm going back and forth between two. Um, I'm a I'm a very analytical in a person, so I, I am looking at the cues uh, and I'm looking at the kappas. Okay, so kappa. purple and gold and red and white. Got it. Got it. You look like a kappa man. <laughs> okay. Okay. So about to be Doctor Ricky. That is amazing. That you know, part of that I just had to tell my wife and my mom. Y'all got to call me Doctor Son and Doctor Husband. <laughs> so uh, you know, it so comes this is birth. a home thing. <laughs> Just wow. a flex, just a flex, just, just a flex. Just wow. a flex. I don't know if your wife gonna do that though. Nah, I, I can assure you she's not gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to be mayor in Baltimore, mm, there's gonna be a lot of candidates, in which there is a lot of candidates. What yes. are your three points that, you, if you got elected, what does Baltimore need now? Baltimore needs now crime reduction. Yes. Jobs hmm. and education. Hmm. And you tie all that into reentry, youth initiatives, uh, and the homeless and mental health uh, problems that we have in Baltimore. Uh, and so a lot of folks, you know, they're going to give you this 25 uh, page platform. But mm -hmm. if you really go, you know, for, for me, looking at it from a holistic approach, if you don't, you know, let's talk about crime. You're going to have education issues. You're going to have homeless. You're going to have jobs. You're going to have all that impacted because of crime. As a business owner, you don't want to bring an investment to a city that you're worried that it's going to be broken into. Your employees are going to be injured or hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, so you want to protect your investment. From an educational standpoint, uh, it also ties back into crime. We have folks that uh, have been misrepresented for so long in Baltimore, not only from the political standpoint, from a law enforcement standpoint, but even from the education standpoint. I mean, we got kids sitting in schools with no heat uh, and no air condition, but yet we talked about this three years ago, but now all of a sudden elected officials want to make it priority because we're going into campaign season. Sure, but sure. we find ways and we find money for other initiatives throughout Baltimore City. But sure. as soon as it comes to something with our black kids in Baltimore City, it seems that the checkbook just doesn't have any more zeros in it. Mm -hmm. And so in Baltimore, you have to address the crime first uh, if you want to go into and address education and homeless and jobs and so on. Well, can I say, because I had an interview before and he said some uh, educated boxer said something very poignant. He said that the problems that most urban municipalities have is poverty and poverty is the precipice to the crime to the all of the other issues i think we always want to uh fix the effect but the main cause is lack of resources 
And when people have resources and they have and they feel that they can get a job, well, getting a job and all of that, but they don't have the resource or access, that is the issue that makes crime go forward and all of the negativity that we see. So when do we address the disparity in the resources going to certain neighborhoods and, and that type of thing? And then the crime, I think, would have a harder place to fester if there was more resources in the communities. You know, I, I would I, I would agree and disagree. Okay. I, I believe Baltimore has the resources. Absolutely. Um, we would never know unless I'm elected as mayor. Absolutely. Uh, because we don't open up our books for auditing. Yes. So when we tend to have conversations about, and, and let me, before I even go into that, look at when the the board of estimates have meetings. The meetings are at nine o'clock in the morning when folks are at work. So when you put systems in place to keep us out and involved in it and to try to keep us misinformed, then this is what we come to. But you do have resources in Baltimore because, you know, I'll give you an example in in Northwest Baltimore with uh, Pimico. We all of a sudden found money Millions of dollars you talked about it. to keep a horse. Uh, absolutely. But at the end of the day, we can't find a few thousand dollars to put books in our schools. So the resources is there. We're just not Channel. provided the resources based off of certain individuals we have so-called representing us in our councilmatic districts mm-hmm. and our state legislation and in the mayor's office. So, you know, local politics affect us locally. That's what really affects us. You know, the uh, the uh, federal policies, they do affect us in a macro level, but in a micro level, it's local politics. So why we have all these black leaders, we have Jack, uh, I mean, a city council, I think mm-hmm. is at least 50% black. Uh, At least, I'm a, I, I can say eighty, more than that. but I'm going to do fifty. Makes it, you know, because I don't like to throw out numbers, but I know it's at least fifty. And Baltimore is a predominantly black city, so you would think that the resources, and not that you funnel resources just to black people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the disparity that I see. I just went down there by Under Armour. Beautiful. Then I go uptown, <laughs> where the Africans are. Mm-hmm. There's no lighting. Yes. There's vacant homes. There's trash everywhere. The same city. So what are we doing? And then we continue to fuel that system because Under Armour just got a ha- half a billion dollars of our money to get bigger. And real estate. And real estate, let's not yet, to get bigger. While these still these these neighborhoods still exist, dilapidated. So what did we say to leaders, but they've been there over and over and over. Well, one, you know, uh, uh, and this is the, the challenge that a lot of folks, some good, some bad, had with Ricky Vaughn mm-hmm. because I'm a very direct, blunt person. Okay. Uh, I don't apologize. Okay. But every leader, or let me, let me be pacific, every black leader is not for the black community. Mm. Uh, and until we Boom. understand and realize that we're going to continue to get what we get. Um, We all know that money plays a huge role in politics. Uh, And then you start as you're campaigning. I mean, I have folks come to me and say, hey, can I give you money? And I've turned it away. I said, no. I said, I'm good. I'll, you know, I've been putting money in my own campaign. I'm straight. Uh, You know, so it's, you know, when you start making those side deals and and let's go back and you said something 
part of that as well, recycling. We continue to recycle the same elected officials. Absolutely. You know, and I've always had a saying, the only thing changed is the year on the yard sign. That's it. The platform is still the same. I truly think about it. I want folks to go back and look at commercials, listen to radio advertisement. I'm going to make sure that, you know, our schools get this. We're going to get more police officers on the street. You know, we're going to fix these potholes and all this. Well, you said that in 2011, 2014, 2017, what changes? So and then, you know, and I'm going to be straight. And then you have the nerve to now you couldn't represent a district. But now you want to represent a city, either from a presidential, uh, the president of the uh, city council or a mayor. Are you serious? Go sit down somewhere. Ooh. So, you know, that is the challenge that we have in Baltimore out today. Well, I, I call a lot of them out. Let's uh, do it. My, my, my goal in, in 2020 is not only to be elected as mayor of Baltimore City, mm-hmm. but is to have a 14 brand new bodies as city council members, period. Uh, and I say that, uh, you know, we, we can't just clean. We we can't keep doing what we're doing right now. What we have done is we filtered in and out and we wonder why progress has not moved forward. When you bring six new and you still have six old, you still have issues in Baltimore city. The way we get around this and the way we rebuild off of this is you put a new CEO as Jack likes to call it a real CEO as the mayor of Baltimore city. You Mm -hmm. put a new president in the city council and you put 14 new city council bodies in those seats. A lot of folks are saying they're inexperienced uh they're too young they're not ready well what has experience gotten us mm. uh, uh uh seniority gotten us and individuals been around for quite a quite some time we still hitting 300 murders and we still don't have books in our schools we still don't have jobs in baltimore city we still got a messed up Greenmount avenue that you can't even ride on if you got rims you might as well get a, a backup pair so Speak we still got you. the same issues going on in baltimore Speak city about it it's the truth same issues so that's what i'm saying when are we gonna? When are we gonna get it? We we have to wake up. You know, part what I'm what I'm encouraged about with this campaign is you got so many movements out there. You got my my my, my good friend Antoine. You got PF Boom out there. Um, you know, and you got other candidates. You know, you know a lot of folks in my campaign. They say you can't be giving other mayoral candidate shout outs. But, you know, my, part of my my goal and I believe my mission and, and, and a movement is making sure we put not just anybody into that seat, but I always talk about if you really, you know, it's a difference of a politician and a public servant. Right. And I've been saying that for quite some time. A politician shows up when Fox 45 and and WJZ and all those folks are there and they shake a hand and and mm-hmm. they kiss a baby, but they don't really want to kiss the baby. So they wipe the slime off their face. That's a politician. Mm-hmm. A public servant goes out and listen. A public servant shows up when the lady's son just got shot on the corner and you want to make sure that the family is OK. Yes. A politician shows up when you've been when you when you got issues where a hotel has gotten away with two and a half million dollars of not paying a water bill, but you didn't show up to the lady who house just got taken on tax liens. That's a, a, a public servant, someone who shows up in the community and listens to the community. So until we continue to make sure this movement is, is moving forward, that we're educating ourselves, that we're uniting with each other, we're going to have the same crap that we have right now. But you have individuals out there who uh, I, I always give them credit. I didn't start campaigning uh, for 2020 
this year. I was out in communities five, six, seven years ago. Feed the homeless. I was out there. When we did the back to school drive uh, seven and a half years ago, I was out there. Wasn't thinking about running for mayor back then. I just knew that our kids needed books uh, and needed coats uh, and so on for school. Sure. You got other folks out there. Carmichael Stokey been out in the community. Yolanda yes. Pully been out in the community. I mean, you got some good folks uh, that's really been out in the community and we just tired of it. Yeah, and it's crazy. We all running, you know, we're not running against each other. We're running for that seat. And we still talk to each other on a daily basis. How you doing? How's the family? Because we realize that the vision is bigger than us. Uh, and so we've all said, hey, no matter who goes and we and we have a joke. Me and Stokey are, are good friends. We have a joke. Hey, you know, if you get it, I'm gonna hold you accountable. Don't think I'm just texting and say, hey, how you doing? I'm gonna text and say, hey, what's going on with such and such? <laughs> wow. So that's really what it, it needs to be about. And that's what we're aiming and, and striving for. OK, so I love what you're saying. Because we, we need some new language in this office. So I love it. So you're, if you're, once you're mayor, let's say that, because yes. I always believe in talking, talk, speaking things to life. So once you're mayor, how do you change 14 bodies in the city council? Because you can't, can, can you just fire them? Can't fire them. It starts now. So, so that's it starts what I'm saying. with. How does the process go? So the process is, uh, you know, a lot of folks look, when you look at the powers, and that's why I always try to tell a lot of candidates, um, make sure you educate yourself on the, the powers of the seat that you're seeking, mm -hmm. um, the city charter. A lot of folks are like, what's the city charter? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got folks running to represent the city. You don't even know what the city charter is. Um, <laughs> you know, you got some folks running and like, OK, you do know that's not in your councilmatic district. Right. So but we're doing a lot of behind the scenes on educating candidates. Um, you so know, when you're saying we you, you kind of pointed. Yeah. yeah, work with Brothers us. like Antoine, uh, P.F. Boom, uh, Yolanda Pully, Carmichael Stokey. Um, we work with um, a lot of the neighborhood associations uh, like the uh, Oliver Association, which I have to give Earl Johnson credit over there. He's you know, we had a shooting. Unfortunately, we had a, a murder in East Baltimore a couple of weeks ago uh, himself. Uh, Gary Crumb, who's running for the uh, uh, District 12 and myself was out knocking on doors. Uh, so that's what I mean by we. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, you, you always hear me say we, you know, I, I tell folks, Ricky Vaughn's not going to City Hall. We're going to City Hall uh, because it's it's not my platform is our platform. You know, if you think, you know, and I, and I say, you know, I got to throw this out there to those already elected. If you think you know everything, this isn't for you. Uh, you know, no one knows everything uh, that's going on and, and can bring, you know, 100 percent solutions to Baltimore. We have to do it together. Okay, so it's a process. With it's a the process. So we okay. we are now making sure that we we rally behind some strong candidates. You know, I haven't publicly endorsed um, any. Uh, well, I, I take that back. I, I've I've publicly and uh, will continue to support Tory Rose, who's running in the seventh district. Yeah, not Tory. Um, to the hood Gary Crumb, uh, who's over in the twelfth uh, district. Um, I'm keeping my eye on two candidates in the fourth. Uh, which is Angie Widener uh, and Logan. Uh, Logan's very, Angie's definitely been out in the community. I have to give her a, a shout out uh, uh, there. Logan has been out in the community too. Uh, you know, he's a, a young man who's graduated from Stanford at 19. I'm dropping out of high school and he's graduated from Stanford wow. at 19. Wow, um, brilliant. You know, Toy Rose definitely out in the community. Mm -hmm, um, so, you know, there and there's some other, a few other candidates I know over in, my district where I live, I live in the Guilford Association, uh, which is 14. And you have uh, two individuals I'm keeping an eye on over there, which is uh, Joe Kane uh, and Rita Church. Joe Kane. I reached out to him. Joe Kane. Box up. So let me ask a question. 
being a mayor, mayor, mayoral candidate, it behooves you to know who's running in all of the districts. Yes. Okay, because you will be working directly with these folks. So that's Because, you know, a lot of people don't know how politics work. You they, know, the box no. is a little ignorant to politics. You know, I think voting is a tool, but I'm not a politician. Or do I know the, the mechanisms? And I know a lot of family doesn't. So I'm trying to find out how it works. So yes. the mayor needs to have relationships with all of the district. Absolutely. Represent- okay. And, 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 you know, it's, you know, again, I look at everything from a business standpoint. Sure. You know, you don't become mayor. And now you're trying to build partnerships. Uh, so I'm out there now, you know, whether it's a Joe Kane or Rita Church, and I'm understanding both of their platforms. Uh, when I go to meetings, you know, if I'm not able to make it to a meeting, I send someone on my, you know, from my staff sure. uh, to the meeting to represent and also take notes and listen, you know, because I'm one of those old school type of people. I've been fooled just like many others. <laughs> you say one thing in Park Heights, Upper Park Heights, Jewtown, but you say something totally different in. Uh, Mondarmin Mall, West Baltimore. Sure so wherever you say, if you're a candidate that you're going, I'm gonna have representation there listening and taking notes. Okay, no, no, that, that don't sound right. They, he said something different about them squeegee kids up there. But when you got down here, you kind of, you know, changed the <laughs> the, the, the narrative of a little bit. Yeah, so you brought up something, the squeegee yeah. kids. So I, I make sure that we, you know, we, we're building relationships with them because again, it's not about a love and hate. It's about moving the city forward. Uh-huh. So I'm listening and, and we build off of that. You know, I met with a couple of candidates that's running for for mayor and I've you know I've even shared with them like man you need to you know don't think about this race just as yourself and and your candidacy you need to look at these other candidates as well because it all kind of ties into each other you got to make sure you build the relationships you got to make sure that you're going into the community together you know we have to show that Baltimore is Baltimore strong unity so it can't be the mayor shows up but the city councilman doesn't want to show up because they have a some some issues going on with each other that's not how you move a city or you move a business forward Hmm. So you're coming in straight like a CEO. You're looking at it at all the mechanisms that make it all work. Yes. And that's great. I don't think a lot of politicians do that. I think that they're, they're looking for the seat, the power, the light, and the cash. Ain't they no, want the bag. Well, I don't know. the ca- <laughs> Well, the cash for me, the you know, my wife keeps reminding me, you the sure power. you want to do this? You know, you we losing cash. Well, uh, I get that because you're a CEO, but you know, most people are looking to get relationships to establish more, you know, more opportunities for you know, investment or money or whatever. And, and I would always tell folks, you know, watch the money mm, um, because it's, you know, you look at, you know, let's put the salaries out there. City council salaries are 77,000. Thank you. Uh, roughly uh, the president of city council, uh, I believe, is 100, uh, 109. Uh, wow. Vice president is Man, about 80. Getting 109 to yeah, 80 some thousand. For the vice president of the uh, city council, the mayor's salary is one eighty three. So when you, so I say follow the money because a lot of times the money isn't in the salaries. Mm. The money is in the side deals with developers well, and, and, and other folks. Yes. So when you start looking at who's financing campaigns, and when you start wondering why this development company have all of these contracts. You know, the issue I have in Baltimore, uh, like so many others, we're 67, 68% African-American populated city, but we only get 10% of the contracts. Uh, And then they say, oh, well, we gotta fight to get, you know, let's fight to get 15, 20%. I don't want 15, 20%. I'm a greedy CEO. If we represent 67%, we should have 67% of contracts in Baltimore city. You're hired. 
you, are you know, hired. a lot of folks, we, we can't keep wow. getting these crumbs. You know, oh, we 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 yes. gonna, gonna give you a couple of nah, nah, nah. Yes. and then you're gonna give me the contract with the two houses on the end of the corner. No, I want the contract with the hotel that just went up or the con right now, and they still haven't answered that question. Who's gonna have the contract for Pimico? Hmm. No one still today haven't answered that question. The Who's going to get the contract you've seen for in Pimico? all the contracts? In all the contracts. At the end of the day, also, we don't even address certain. We get little, again, little crumbs. You know, we shut down the only high school in Northwest Baltimore. You wonder why we have an increase in youth violence in Northwest Baltimore. You don't put two and two together. I don't know if it's just me or I look at it differently. But, you know, that's what we got to open our eyes at in Baltimore or open our eyes to in Baltimore City because we keep getting the little crumbs stone at us the little hush hush money you know just like the gag order there's so much things i can continue to go on you know tawanda jones out there fighting for the gag order and you, you know it's it, it, it just sometimes it but you got to tell us what that is bro you can't mention something you know the family we need education <laughs> that's why you here bro so, we so, need to know what that gag order what is what are you talking about who's tawanda jones talk to us sister tawanda jones is one of the most powerful black females that i have had the pleasure of of meeting in, in, in quite a long time so i want to know um, is. <laughs> she is uh she is like the queen there we go <laughs> the um you know she lost her brother uh mm. to baltimore city police to uh gun violence really? uh, well not to gun violence to uh violence within baltimore city police mm. uh they took his life mm. and ever since then she has this movement called west wednesday so west for wednesday. until uh uh, the current mayor so Tyrone West, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so Tawanda Jones is his uh, sister, his uh, baby. I've heard baby about sister. this lady. She protests by herself. She protests. Well, she'll never really protest by herself. We always well, she, she started. She started by herself. By herself. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. She's she's now going to be uh the, the movement is actually at City Hall until he signs the gag order. So the gag order is we we were getting silence, and this is where again we got to okay. open our eyes. We were getting silence two ways. Okay. We were getting killed. Okay. Uh. You know, unarmed black men, uh, we were getting violated uh, and, and everything else under the sun. Uh, and now we're getting violated because they want to pay off families for them not to publicly speak and tell what happened. Also, once they pay off, you can't say a word about you it. You can't say a word. So that's why we hear no more. It goes away. It goes away. So, so they have gag. So that's within the contract of the money. Yes. You're not getting the money as long as you shut up. That's the only way. Correct. And how is that implemented? The, the mayor allows that. Who's who's allowing that? So it was that. So a, a lot of folks play a, a, a hand in this. The city solicitor mm -hmm. um, plays a hand in it. Um, for all your viewers, uh, when elected mayor, uh, he will be the first person to go. Um, Who is this? Let's let's talk to him. What's so uh, Andre uh, Andre. I can't think of his last name right That's now. That's all we need to know, yeah. Andre. So he's a city solicitor. He's a city solicitor. Well, you can write the whole name of him. I'm, I'm glad the DPW uh, director uh, uh, is retiring. Um, he's retiring before I get in because he was going to be the second person to go. And, who, and, um, and who's that? I don't even know his name. He's a um, Korean uh, okay, so these are the people that they, the, they have to go. You're saying? Yes. Well, you, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Everyone's gone. So the um, the DPW director <laughs> is gone. The uh, city solicitor is Sweeping. gone. Folks inside of City Hall, uh, even if they work on the administrative side, they're gone. Uh, you know, one when you've been part of that corruption, I don't know. It's like when you when you when you when I purchased my KFCs, I had to let folks go. 
mm. down to the night the night staff because I don't know what's going on in here. All y'all, you know, if you if you not part of it and you knew of it and you didn't bring it to our attention, you part of it. You you gotta go. You gotta go. Somebody stealing the chicken out my back door. Oh, you, uh, somebody know where that wing. Bro? Somebody know where that wing went. We so you gotta go. Love chicken. So uh, you know that's that's just me. When you talk about. Okay. Uh, approaching a, again from a business perspective, Got you got to clean house. Uh, you got to start new. You got to make sure that you implement policies. You got to make sure one not only integrity is there, but you got to make sure that uh, you have standards there. This is moving forward. Okay. What's going to happen? And you have a lot of kickback or a lot of fighting. You know, going back and forth because like, oh no, the you know the new guy is the new mayor saying that no, you ain't got to worry about the new mayor. You won't be here. This is the new team, and <laughs> we're going to build this folks. together. I know they they they. Shaking so. in their boots right now, you you coming, Ricky? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm I you know one thing about me, I'm not filtered. You know, I, I you're not. You know, Sunday, you know, just passed, so I gotta be careful with some of the words because uh, <laughs> I know my bishop listening. But you know, other than that, <laughs> other than that, you coming? Eh? <laughs> so wow, so you're like, and I like that because we have a problem in Baltimore of this continuous inaction. And it's the same people. Yes. And only to, to get the ball moving, you got to move some people. Well, look who you have in office. I didn't know you were going to say clean house, but uh, I, I'm, I'm with house. you, bro. Jack's uh, been I'm, in office for 25 years. I know. Jack got to go. Uh, Brandon's been in Sorry. office for eight years. Right, uh, he's also been part of the, everyone knows, the, the O'Malley rally. administration. Yes, so I'm afraid. That's you know, what gets me paused, is the O'Malley machine behind him. Yes. Well, and, you know, and he's really young also. You know. Know, I'm going to give Brandon a little credit. You know, he's young, but he's very intelligent. Good. Brandon, Brandon isn't, you know, you look at the difference of the current mayor and the, and Brandon, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Jack and Brandon. Brandon is very, Brandon is very polished. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very articulate. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people keep saying we look alike. Please, we do not look alike. <laughs> I know some folks that all black people look alike. No, we, we both you know, might be kind of petite, yeah. But we don't, you we know, don't the small shoulders. You know, but so, um, that's what I call Brandon. <laughs> but, but look at look at how Brandon, and and, and so I give the so because I, I, I know his folks are listening, okay. so I give him credit to where he's very articulate, very intelligent. Sure, but. Look at also how he plays politics. Mm. You know, let's give a perfect example. Town Hall, uh, which that's really where I started really, uh, I'm going to say, bumping heads with folks. Okay. Uh, because they said, oh, you know, the Town Hall at Coppin, that was political. You know, Ed Norris was up there on the stage and, and all this. And I kept telling folks, the Town Hall wasn't about Ed Norris. It wasn't about Brandon. It wasn't about Jack. It was about coming to listen to 300 folks that either took off work to come that night, that worked a double just so they can have off that night. Folks that caught two buses and a train to get up there. That's what the town hall was about. But if you look at Jack's remark, right? And everyone remember that national news remark. I just didn't want to go. Next, uh, you know, coming from the CEO, (laughs) the leader. And look at Brandon. Brandon never publicly said anything. He put a statement out, you know, from his office on behalf of the president of the city council. He had other commitments. That's what I mean when I say he's intelligent. You know, he doesn't, you know, Jack reacts a lot on emotions. Brandon is more of so, let me step back. Let's talk about this real quick. You know, it's going to come well up. Coached. You know, well coached, well polished. <laughs> yes, sir. But when you also look at the town halls, because I went to a couple of his town halls, Jack didn't want to go just because. Uh, he's Jack, um, you know, with another syllable, but I won't because church. church was uh, but then you have Brandon. Brandon does town halls. You know, he did the nine town halls around Baltimore City. He did town halls that he can control. So you saw his team with index cards. They were running out there, writing down questions. 
they pick and choose what questions they want to answer. And then the rest of them, if you go to any of the town halls, I was at three of them. The rest of them was, uh, well, you know, we're sorry we got so many we got so many uh, questions. We couldn't answer them all, but we'll respond in an email because he's intelligent enough to know. Let's go back. Let's research it. Let's also not put this out there publicly coming mm-hmm. out of my mouth. It can come from the president of the city council office. So now is one of his staffers or someone else responding. So that's what I mean when I say he's sharp. He understands how the politics of it work. But again, I, I keep telling people, if you want to serve Baltimore and represent Baltimore, you can't be afraid of the same people you want to serve. Get out there and answer the questions. It's going to be some questions you stumble on. It's going to be some questions you don't have answers to. But the a good leader or a servant leader would be the one to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers, but I'll make sure that we together, we come up with a solution or we find out what the uh, answer is for you and we'll get back to you. And a lot of folks don't do that. I I don't know if it's ego or what. Well, I think with Brandon, he's young. So uh, people feel that he is the answer because he's young and he hasn't been there long, but he has a machine behind him. Everybody has to understand Mally's present. Yeah, but he's he's um, he's young. But I mean, Brandon's what? I'm 39. Brandon's 35. So young. OK. I thought he was younger but, than that. Mm, he's 35. Oh, so, okay. yeah, we, we're four years apart. I had it wrong. The, I um, thought he was 27. Oh, no, no. 27 is Greenbelt, which is the, the youngest mayor of uh, Greenbelt. Yeah, just he, he got yeah, elected in. But yeah. I thought this guy, also he's 35. That's not it. Yeah, Brandon's Brand, 35. Okay. The, uh, when you look, he got he got into city council when he was 27. When he was 27. He okay. was a city councilman at 27. Um, not even the youngest. I believe Stephanie Rawlings Blake was the youngest city council uh, person to serve. But Brandon, I mean, look at, uh, you know, I always tell people this. You don't want to vote for Ricky Vaughn? Okay, I understand. Uh, you know, that's, you know, I'll be a little little hurt, but look at everyone else's record. Brandon was the and folks again. We talk about educating the voters on on the the old Baltimore on the powers of the office. Mm-hmm. Brandon was the chair of the public safety committee, so he was the chair of public safety in Baltimore when he was city councilman. Is that right? So the 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 public safety committee is the committee that oversight. That's NTA uh, in that, right? Uh, well, for Baltimore City Police. But all oh, for Baltimore. So okay. When you talk about oversight, when you talk about homicides, when you talk about um, violent crimes that's happening in Baltimore City, you are the chair of the public safety committee. Ooh. Now, all of a sudden, you're running for mayor in 2020. You want to put together a crime plan. Where was your crime plan when you the chair of the public safety committee? Mm. So from there to then, how many mothers have had to bury their sons because you didn't have a crime plan in place? So don't come to us now talking about, oh, I got a I got the solution to fix Baltimore. It's this crime plan. Why didn't you implement that when you were the chair of the public safety committee? You see, the family didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. I so had no clue. I didn't years. know what that was. Wow. So Baltimore, so the city council consists of different committees. You know, you got housing, economic development, sure. um, budget and planning, uh, public safety. And he was a chair of it. The most powerful person when it comes to safety in Baltimore. You know, when he's, when he, you know, you got the mayor, you got you know, Brandon. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was uh, um uh, the public, uh, the chair of the public uh, safety committee, and then you got the police commissioner. So this is someone who can put everyone in the room. So that's a hierarchy right yes. there. Wow. So he's very high up on the chain. 
on that committee. On that committee. Wow. It's just like when you look at uh, Congress, you know, Congress have different different subcommittees and committees and all mm-hmm. that. You know, uh, Elijah Cummins was the uh, oversight committee. So you're very power. You're up there. And this was at a city councilman standpoint. This wasn't even president of city council yeah. now running for mayor. Sure, sure. So, so I wonder, does he have an answer for that uh what happened during those times? Why? Well, why, they haven't re- returned my, you know. Why isn't there a viable plan in place when you were the chair? Yeah, they haven't returned my. And phone you're a black man, and he's a, and black men are dying. And you and your district. And so that's a lot to swallow in there. That's a that's a lot of package right there. Yeah. And now Jackie wants to put together a crime plan. You want to put together a crime plan, and you were the president of the city council. <laughs> he's mayor. So and now mayor. I mean, so you know, again, my challenge is, and I always tell folks, watch the money. But watch the actions of your elected officials. When everyone now has the answer, why didn't you have the answer when we've been paying you for the last three years? Mm, that's a lot to say. Well, let's segue into that. You said money. So you're not, you're financing your own campaign. Is that what? I have. We uh, um, financing my own campaign and small donors. And small um, donors. Okay. You know, I'm, one thing that I'm also fighting uh, with some other individuals is getting money out of politics. You know, I think that we sometimes discourage so many young uh talented 19 year olds that just graduated from stanford and uh from you know morgan and Coppin, our hbcus and, and just in general higher education we discourage them because you know if i just finished four years at a university and i'm passionate about going and knocking on doors and grassroots but in order to be a city councilman i gotta you know throw in seventy five thousand mm. dollars, and i just know i just I'm still in fifty some thousand dollars, you know, uh, student debt, and that's low. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah I wish my debt was could be five hundred thousand. I wish my was seventy. Yeah, thousand. thirty thousand. That's um, good, bro. I'd be writing them checks every month, like, oh, <laughs> why? Like, can they repo my degree? Um, it's it's like, what is going on? <laughs> it's the um, but you know they. We discourage them because we we look at how much money plays, you know, a, yep. a part of this, and then when you don't have the money. You start making side deals like I don't have the money to run. So can you can you back me and give me money? And, and you know, so, yeah, I'm going to give you a fifty thousand dollar check. I'm going to create a pack or a super pack. I'm going to give you fifty thousand dollars. But this is what you got to do for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where you start having corruption. So that's the real politics. That's the real politics. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to get but it's out. set up that way. It's Why up, is the system set up that way? It's set up that way, but it doesn't have to be. And then and, and where I'm going with that is if we could. I mean, you think about it. Everyone or five people can give me $50,000 mm-hmm. and that's fine. What that $50,000 is going to do is going to buy more uh, media advertising, literature, shirts. You know, you got to pay your campaign office. You got to pay certain staff. Sure. Um, but that's $50,000 from five people. If we can continue to connect with individual voters, you know, because $50,000 is you got the money side of it, but then you got the personal connection. So when you continue to knock on doors, that's why everyone talks about grassroots. When you continue to knock on doors uh, and Miss Anderson give you a dollar and her vote, you know, hey, baby, I don't have $50,000, but here's a dollar. And you also got my vote. If we can continue to put more emphasis on that in okay. Baltimore and the way and we've been doing that, you know, again, I've been working with, you know, uh, Tory Rose in her district, Gary Crime in his district. When I'm over in Gary Crime, when the 12th district where I was, that's why I was the district I was born in. 
uh, when I'm over there, I'm giving out my literature or my team is giving out, you know, our literature, but we're giving out Gary Crumb's literature. We're like, hey, do you know this gentleman is running for city council as well? Wow. And because we're trying to, you're always going to have some type of investment. You know, as a business owner, I understand that. We we have to put some skin in the game as well. Sure. Uh, but a lot of us don't have that financial backing as others. Skin. So a lot of skin. <laughs> yeah, so, the skin is light. <laughs> so we continue to try to make sure that we, we reach out to them, you know, and you know, I'll, last I'll say on that is we got to be careful with folks now trying to reach out for support. You know, we, you know, part of the reentry, and I know we'll get to that in a second, is, you know, now all of a sudden you got every candidate trying to reach out and be like, oh, you know, we, we can really, you know, get your support and, and you know, I can represent you and, and all of that. Where would you you know, five years ago. Well, all of a sudden now you want my support, but I wasn't on your agenda. So we got to be careful with them folks that just show up uh, out of the blue. Well, you know, when you start polling, bro, your, your phone rings. So, <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's what people do. They look yeah. into attach onto a person that's polling. So that means you're doing pretty good. When it, you're it, calling, that means something's going on. You're polling. It, it's polling. But, you know, I always, you know, we were just talking about this. We're not going to be truly represented, whether you're reentry. You know, I was homeless. We're not going to truly be represented until we put someone who has been homeless yes. or has been uh, convicted of a felony yes. in that seat. Right. You know, we can do a whole bunch of statistics. We can do a whole bunch of, um, you know, analyzing. But until we put that individual in the seat to truly represent us, we're not. We're not going to always have a seat at the table. Because you need real people who had real problems. And, and that can bring real solutions. Absolutely. I like that. You're in my sentence. Ricky, you can stay a while. <laughs> so we're gonna, um, Ricky, we're gonna segue into the reentry because you know that is really, really important. Yes. Um, our brothers are coming back into the uh, sisters too. So let's let's not get it twisted. Everyone's coming in and uh, coming back from um, their stay or their vacation, as they call it, into back in society, and they need options. They need a step up. Prison is debilitating, I'm sure. I went there one time to uh, look at a client and I couldn't believe that people were being housed in this concrete, in this, it's so antiseptic. <laughs> it, it like strips you. You have to, first of all, they, they strip you down to get in the inside and then it's so amazing how antiseptic, it, it like pulls away who you are. Yes. And so these people are coming into from that into a very vibrant society that keeps moving and they need options. And now we have in Maryland, 40,000 ex-felons will be able to vote in 2020. Am I correct? Yes. And the judge has ruled there's no stopping it. Am I correct? It's final, right? You're correct. All right. So Antoine, we're going to bring you in because you know you are ex-offender man. You always got the news for that. So um, this, these 40,000 votes, is very, they're integral and very important because when you're the underclass, there's always an attack. And I don't know the attack for this one because now we have a governor that has, uh, he took some funding away from reentry. Am I right, Antoine? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he took the funding. That, like, really don't count as a fact. Okay. Like, what's going on in the city. Okay. When you got John Hopkins, when you got Sinai University, you got all these people that got big money mm -hmm. that sent out people to like do service resources to study people, but yet they ain't asking nobody nothing. They so, ain't asking so nobody all of how they money. surviving. Okay, so you're saying all of this, the nonprofit 
um, industrial complex. You know, it's a big complex, the nonprofit system. So they're getting money to for studies because, like John Hopkins, you need a you need a population to study. So they're studying this ex offender movement. Mm-hmm. So where are the numbers coming from? You said they're not talking to nobody. So, Where's it so coming think from? about this. Like sixteen hundred block of Penn North, right? Okay. You are in a Pratt Library. Okay. You got all kinds of like housing recovery right there. You know, you got like mental health issues and all that right there. Okay. But you got two hundred individuals that need all this stuff, but stand right there and like their only conclusion to cope and make it is to go see a pharmacist, get some type of perk medicine, buprenorphine, morphine or whatever, mm-hmm. and come right back and then traditionally sell it to each other. And this is, wait a minute. So you're saying these 200 individuals, are they ex-offenders? Are they? Ex-offenders, just, felonies, wow. homeless people, all these things. What is this, a meth clinic? What, where, where are they doing, what are they doing there? What is? I mean, there's treatment going on there. Don't get me wrong. So there there's is treatment a, this going is a on. treatment clinic. Yeah, there's treatment going on Got right it. there, right? Mm-hmm. It's NA groups going on right there. Sure. But on the overall, it's a lot the of barriers that's so traumatic in the coping skill, what I see the next three people do, that's my homie, and that's how he making it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do because that's the only vision of hope. Then I got to deal with my issues. So that's, you're saying that they're they're selling the perks to each other, and that's or whatever. <laughs> so they're doing drugs, in other words. But where? <sighs> all right. So we have these people that have all of these debilitating issues. They have psychological issues. They have trauma, of course. Absolutely. And so their their out is to get high. Am I am I clear? That's the way to deal with that's everyday a, life. Okay. So how policy wise? And we're talking about these 40,000 ex-felons being able to vote. Is this going to stop them from voting, getting high? Is this, the issue? This, this is what you're saying, that their life? They don't have an education on why they need to vote. Oh, man. You know, how, you, know how many, you know how many years, like. We're in trouble. <laughs> I didn't find out, like, even when, after I found out, they was like, Antoine, we got to register y'all to vote. And I was like, vote for what? Ain't nobody going to listen. So you're saying, oh, this is this is great. You're saying that the people are hopeless, that they don't feel that their vote count. Nah, but they don't have a voice. But look, I'm gonna tell you something that's funny though. Okay. And each one of us will tell you. They'll vote to vote who's on the block, though. We'll vote to who play its. We will vote to who I'm gonna walk to the store with. But you won't vote. But you won't for vote for mayor. have somebody in position that you know can beneficially help change, listen, and bring a whole new dynamics. To your life. That can open a window that can change everything. So, okay. So then you said something poignant then. So we know where they are, right? So that's why we're here. What, what can we do as a team to change that paradigm because we know where they are they're in there at a hopeless place <laughs> they don't want to vote how do we change this this is why what I, needs to be enacted policy wise we got ricky here we're talking about how we do this on a macro level so it, it's very effectual microly to these folks to change where they are how do we change it so one of the things when when um 
when they passed the law about like felonies can vote, and then we went back about getting individuals that was in the inside being able to vote. Okay. We talked about who criterially was going to do the registration process. So in, wait a minute, wait, excuse okay. me. Inside the prison, you can vote now. Yeah. yeah really? So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. the act, not just only that the got passed last year. In the mm-hmm. night. They got passed last year. So instance. when we vote in 2020, there were machines in prison. No, they're doing the um, How did it, oh, absentee ballot. Absentee ballot. Absentee. So who is... <sighs> and DOC has a thing. Wait a minute. So you have a ballot that is written coming out of prison and someone else controls it and it's going to be counted? Yes. From yes. the absentee ballot standpoint. It's a, you know... Who, to, read, who certifies but, that process? Well, you still have it through the... Um, the board of elections, board. of yeah. course. But, you know, it just scares me when that amount, you know, first of all, you have people who don't usually use their voice. Mm-hmm. And then you have folks who want to smash that voice, pick up their voice to be counted, to, to be sound. You, yeah. you know, it's, it's to me, it sounds crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. The, I mean, it, it, you can you, I can understand the. You know, kind of both because they work very hard for these people not to vote. Yes. So now you have to service that vote. How does that? That doesn't sound. And then you're the, then the governor, knocked down some of the money for the same folks who's coming out to vote. So, what behooves them to to put those, make sure those votes are counted? Well, I think it's truthfully. I I think it's us. You know, got it. uh, Us as a not only as an elected official, um, but us as a a body. Uh, mm. A city body, um, and to piggyback off what Antoine said, you know, it's, you, you know, how do we address it and how do we get the message out there? Yes, it's on the corner. You know, I always tell folks that, you know, my office is probably the cleanest office uh, of any CEO. Mm. It's a chair in there, it's a, a laptop in there, and it's a you know a file filing cabinet. And no pile of papers. No pile of papers. Really. Because I don't make money with the pile of papers or with the computer or with the desk. I make money by going into my Dunkin' Donuts behind the counter, serving the customers. I make money in the KFCs by going and dropping chicken. I make money in checkers by going and flipping a burger. I don't make money when I'm sitting inside of my office. So you so have multiple you, restaurants. You got to go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go so ahead. So until you're out there, you know, I always say put your hands on. Until you're going mm. out there and you're, you, you're feeling it, you're touching it, you're smelling it. We need to be out there on... Uh, uh, Pennsylvania and North. We need to be out there on Edmondson Highway. We need to be out there. We got prostitution going on on Garrison Boulevard. We need to be on really? Garrison Boulevard. This is where, when you talk about movement and action, yes. that's where it starts, getting out there in the community. We also have to do a better job, and, and I put this challenge to elected officials and candidates in educating folks on, again, the powers of the seat. Understanding that the register of wills, you know, it's an elected position as well. How important that is. Ms. Conaway, right? Ms. Con- mm-hmm. Ms. Belinda Conaway. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure that we're educating folks on why the need of it is there. You know, when people think that, oh, well, if my dad has some property and and um, he passed away, it's mine. Oh, no, no it, sir. it doesn't work that way. Sure it but a lot of folks, you know, don't know that. So mm-hmm. we have to do a much better job. And I wish candidates and elected officials would, you know, uh, bipartisan, you know, put put your party affiliations aside and really do a service in educating folks on 
on the political arena. That's why, to answer one of your earlier questions, that's why you have so much disbelief or not as much buy-in because at the end of the day, I don't feel as though what you guys are doing works for me Absolutely. or works uh, for the good of me. Absolutely. So when you don't have that, when you got folks who's like, oh, well, you know, poverty and education and jobs and, and mental health, well, whatever you guys are doing, I'm only going off of, you know, real world. Mm -hmm. I know you guys been in office forever or you're new in office, but I've been strung out for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So whatever you've been doing wasn't working. So why now for me to get involved in that exactly. process? Wow. And, and that's and that makes sense. <laughs> it makes a whole lot of sense. So we have to galvanize. Yes. Definitely. We got to go to the people. I always believe in that. You got to go to the people because if they're not using this 40,000, what we got? Well, we got to galvanize, but we also got to be organized. Sure. Um, and I think that's a, you know, we have, you know, I always tell, you know, my friends, they'd be like, oh, you're from Baltimore, right? The Wire. I'm like, yeah, we know from more than just The Wire, though. Um, <laughs> so everybody say The, the Wire. The, um, <laughs> You know, they be they be calling me saying that I'll be watching the wire on the DVD set. But, you know, I, I, we have to do, you know, I always tell folks we got, a, you know, 1500 different independent organizations out there trying to do this, feed the homeless, do this, do this. But we've. We, we need to go into a new direction to where we unite with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we can have one big feed of homeless. You're right. Uh, and, and, you know, and yet one gain. One big back to school drive. One big back to school one, yes. drive. And all the know, kids can come. All yeah. the kids can come. And the message that you're sending is that unity. You know, that's the piece that we're forgetting. You're a yes. lot of, you know, I, I don't want to hate to jump around, but even when you talk about the consent decree, because I wish we had time to talk about that. I would definitely like to talk about that. But the... um. When you talk about what's going on in communities, it's because we don't have unity there. We have a a, a, a division. You know, we, we're mm -hmm. divided. Sure. And so everyone has their own agenda. They're doing this. But we, you know, that's why I'm excited about uh, sitting next to my brother uh, and working with other organizations and, and, and uh, associations out there because that's what we're trying to do now moving into 2020. Yeah, we're going to work with the box, right? We're yes, not going to forget the box. But that's one thing. When you're mayor... Then maybe you know. I think the biggest thing is for for family is they do not know what elected officials do. Yes. Then no one knows what register of wills are. They know that maybe you can get a will, but they're not sure about the property aspect, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. We really don't know what the city council actually does, and we know they sit there and you know they are in the city council. You know the uh, whatever is going on, the city solicitor people don't know. So I think a lot of uh, the issues of people even voting is they don't know what they're voting for. Correct. So we can educate folks on what they're voting for. But if you educate them, then maybe you won't be in office. So I think a lot of the lack of education is something that people are um, fine with. Absolutely. We've been because voting. Because as long as people have not educated, they won't vote. Well, think about it. We we as a and it's not a Baltimore City thing. It's a nationwide um, We've voted for popularity versus policymaker and policy changers. Mm -hmm. We voted off of, you know, we, we've had some high, uh, uh, big celebrities come out and rally behind certain individuals. Sure. And that's who we voted for. You know, I always tell folks, even in my candidacy, look at every one of our platform and look at our actions. You know, look, look at our history. Mm -hmm. um, so when you when you start talking about, you know, like even one, you're talking about the education, uh, you know, one thing I would fight for as mayor or win mayor is to take back um, management, uh, I guess is the right words, management of our police department and management of our education system. We got folks putting together platforms and crime plans. Let's, let's just stick with crime plans. We got folks putting together crime plans, but we don't really have 
you know, some folks get mad when I say the words, but we don't really have full control of our police department, right? We know that the state kind of oversees the Baltimore City Police and Baltimore City Public Schools. Well, it's kind of a, as a CEO, you want control. Uh, but they have CEOs, right? Like the CEO well, of Baltimore City Schools. CEO of Baltimore City, which I would change that back to superintendent. Uh, Ooh, you know, everybody getting changed. Yeah, right? Change is coming. Yeah, you, you, you can't have too many CEOs. Too, you, know, you, you got one one company, but five CEOs for that one yeah, company. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, so it's, it's all these CEOs. So the superintendent um, <laughs> and the police commissioner uh, okay. would, would definitely be um, would step would definitely fall back under the jurisdiction of Baltimore City. And that would help a lot. Yes. Well, well, one, because, you know, we we complicate politics by pointing the fingers. So we got HVAC issues going on. A lot of folks are saying, well, it's the city's responsibility. Well, the city is pointing the hand and saying, no, that's the state responsibility because they have jurisdiction or they oversee it. Mm -hmm. So that's why we can never get anything done, because we keep pointing fingers back and forth. Uh, And so. It's like that Spider-Man meme. You seen that picture of Spider-Man with right. two Spider-Mans pointing each other? It's like it's like Jordan and, and Pittman passing the ball between each other. Oh yeah, that's, that's you go to Jordan, he gonna throw it behind the back. Yeah, and that's, you know Pittman gone up the hole. Exactly, exactly. You know, he exactly. can't catch nobody. That's true. That's you true. Know? That's true. Wow. <laughs> It's a lot. It's just a lot. You know, it's a lot. But okay. So the forty thousand or or anything, just ex felons being ex felons being able to vote. We need to galvanize, but be organized in the galvanization. Yes. That's what you're saying. And now, I'm, not, I'm not clear on that though. It's not it's um Are we going in forty thousand in the state? But it's, not just Baltimore City, no, though, right? state. Yeah. State. Yeah. state. From what I read, what I read was a state. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly the breakdown. That needs to be known also. Yes. But when they release these type of statistics, are do they have the general area where these people be? Where they? Because if you come out of prison, you don't might not come to Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might go to another well, county, Somerset County. Well, it depends so, on also your where you were convicted at. Because if you're on parole or probation, then you have, you to, have to vote, you have to where vote you, in your jurisdiction. You got it. Yeah. So wherever you're in jail, when you come out yeah. of prison, you have to vote mm-hmm. in that jurisdiction. Yes, and, and even those that are still uh, behind bars. So if okay. if you're still in, if if you're still locked up. Uh, and like you, in Hagerstown and you're from Baltimore, you're going to vote. You can, you you vote off of where your address, address uh, where is. your last address got is. Got it, got mm-hmm. it. And that change, so they're, they're changing the prison roles and everything to make sure that is that all of that's coordinated. Yes. Well, it, well, that's have what, they ever kept that data because they that's never what, voted. That's what we're trying to find out. Got yeah. it. Because I want to know about that's the right. data. Because yeah. you know, like Division of Corrections mm-hmm. holds their own state ruling mm. over things. They will tell you DOC is not to follow the way the court sentence, system sentence you because the court said this is this is that nah. We are saying this is this is that under they got their whole How mandate. How do have all this power? <laughs> the court so, says so one like thing that's, and it's just that's the that's the differentiate when you putting like he was saying when you putting different people in positional power and they create their team and they create their team and they create their team. Okay. Then the one that is supposed to fall back to and he go to stand he don't even know what's going on. So how do we, because every time you have a new elected official and they bring their people. Mm-hmm. So we keep these, if, if you have new elected officials every four years, how are we getting sound policy being implemented? Because we keep changing the system. You, you get what I'm saying? The people who yeah. are implementing the system. And your perspective is different when you change folk. 
So the question is the program or the approach has to be bigger than the change, the change of what's what I would say is the leaders. So it has to be something implemented that will go forward if it's a Republican, mm -hmm. if or it's a boo-boo, whoever it is, to make sure that that system continues to work for the ex-felon. Well, and that's where you got to initially go back to the root cause. That's where you got to vote in the right representatives. Yes. yes. A true representative, a true public servant is someone who puts together policies and within an administration that serves for generations and not for term periods. Mm. So if I'm getting elected and I'm only looking out for it, again, that's why I said earlier, look at now with all the issues that we have in Baltimore City, how many of our elected officials step up to the plate and say, oh, we need to put this in place. We need to do this. We need to do that. Well, why didn't you say that three years ago? <laughs> but now because it's another term is up, mm -hmm. now you want to bring it to the table because they want to so keep that chair we need individuals that's gonna you know you know I, I would give i would always give and i disagree with some of his policies uh barack obama i would always give him credit a lot of what he uh implemented was for generations was generational right yeah. and he and he he knew that going in you know yeah. we talk about economy you know it wasn't about his presidency because he said day one uh if fortunate enough uh i'll be your president for four years and if Fortunate again, I'll be a president for another four years, but we have to put policies in place that's going to be for the next administration and then administration after that. And I believe he's used some words. I'm, um, can't go off, but uh, misquoting them, but uh, words that say, I even want policies in place for my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. Absolutely. That's a, a true leader yes. or, or a public servant. That's transformative servant. right there. So uh, we, we have to have the same when it comes to city government as well. It, the next mayor, uh, hopefully Ricky Vaughn. Uh, so when Ricky Vaughn's <laughs> a mayor, has to put together or has to put in place within the administration policies that's going to be for generations to come. Because we have, in not only in Baltimore, but in, in government and in public and uh, elected officials you think about it we really never get any work done that's what i'm saying because you got let's just shift to the president you got the democrats in office and as soon as obama's out you got trump spending three years of his first four years trying to outdo what obama did yes. and overturn it yes. uh and so then the next president of the united states whether it be joe biden they warren whomever they're gonna they try to do back. what trump out there yes. so we we've, we've never truly i would feel been represented because we've never had individuals or we only had a few individuals that actually had that type of vision that understood that the presidency or the mayor of city uh, of baltimore city is bigger than an individual mm -hmm. it's an administration hmm. i said a lot that I like that generational policies, because if people are changing, you got to have something effectual all the time. Absolutely. And that that makes sense. Yeah. We're still being in Baltimore City. We're still being governed by 1960 laws. Uh, you know, why? we're still. And when you even think about it, you know, we've gone from 900, 800, 870,000 uh Individuals living in Baltimore to now we're at six hundred and four thousand. Yeah, so you have increased. to, yeah. you know, you got to look at it, even from a housing standpoint. You know, we we used to have a great ton of houses. Now we got just abandoned bills and everything else. So a lot has changed. And so with that, you have to bring change makers in. And gentrification in the city is real. Yes. And you know, like I said this the other day to my guys, I say if you look back in the nineteen eighties at Colors, right, and look at the way they were showing you how LA was looking with crack addicts and mm -hmm. all and the police brutality. Colors the movie, right? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you look at Baltimore today, 
It's reality. Mm-hmm. It's reality. You see the same thing. You exactly. see abandoned homes. Like you say, like businesses are gone. Homes are gone. People are homeless. Everybody's struggling on each other. And arrests are coming in. And we put in a situation to fall right back in a black hole box where we can't never get out. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I was in Northwest. You're talking about uh, Pac-Man. Right. Uh, I watched him years ago. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. I was in Northwest Baltimore when I first started campaigning. And I came across uh, uh, this lady who was homeless. And I just asked. I just literally, I, first of all, I took a, took a, some, uh, picked up a um, chicken box from one of the corner stores and got into an argument with the person behind it. But that's a different story because <laughs> um, I said, you're in our community, but you don't have any of us working behind the counter that's the uh, but yet you're in our community so that's a different segment mm-hmm. uh, but you know got the lady because I wanted to get the lady something to eat right away so I got her something to eat and we were just talking I said well, 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 you know if you don't mind me asking how did you become homeless and she said I was actually a homeowner and she said I walked away from it mm. she said I had prostitution on the side of my house uh, I had folks breaking in my house when I was at work she said I feel more safe on the street mm. than owning property in Northwest Baltimore. She was, uh, I think she was living off of Pimlico or something like ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. And she That's said, ridiculous. I walked away from it. I said, what do you mean she walked left away her from house. it? She said, I literally walked away from my house. She said, wow. I took a couple of bags. Uh, I was staying with family at first and then you know how that goes. Uh, but she said, the TV, the stereo system, the bedroom furniture, I literally walked away from Ooh, it. Wow. And I thought about it and I was like, wow, you know, and then when I started talking to other people, so many houses, if you look at our, the roster in Baltimore City, so many people, houses just abandoned. They just walked away. You you ride by and you be looking and it was like, hold up. Do someone, you start questioning yourself. Do someone live there? Because I see curtains up mm-hmm. and all that. Folks just abandoned the house and just walked away. And but it is was, that a, is that what they want? But why would you allow a homeowner? That, that's your da- that's your tax base. I know business owners that walked away from businesses in Baltimore. Some of these little corner corner stores and wow. uh, you know, I one of my restaurants was right around the corner. Now I didn't abandon it, you know, <laughs> but one of my restaurants was on six two eight North Chester Street. Mm. Uh, the soul food, one of my soul food restaurants, and I had next door neighbors, you know, on Monument Street and all that. They just left. They was like, man, I ain't, I ain't doing this. It was like, you know, I I went. You know, I whether lose a couple of dollars <laughs> versus losing my life. They were like, it, it ain't even worth it. They, they just said, I'm, uh, it's not for me. Some of my friends moved to Philadelphia. Um, you know, some of them trying to move back. They're like, it ain't no different up here in Philadelphia. <laughs> but it's vi- but it's businesses that's doing very, very viable. You go down to Fells Point, they're out partying on the street. We are, and and this is what we talk about. One uh, one Baltimore. Minute. We have two Baltimores. Yes, we do. We have. I want folks to really, you know, this is another uh, issue that I had with Jack Young and and, and everyone. You talk about um, uh, squeegee kids and all that, Mm -hmm. right? You have a meeting with the Marriott, uh, Under Armour, and all those guys. uh, But yet, the squeegee kids wasn't at the meeting. (sighs) So, you had a meeting with businesses that you don't see squeegee kids in front of. Yes. But when you go in West Baltimore or down on MLK, you don't even bring those small business owners to the meeting because that's who they're in front. That's who business they're affecting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the, the biggest challenge with it is, again, they don't get it. You have a meeting about squeegee kids, but squeegee kids aren't at the meeting. Makes no sense. Think about how important or relevant that would have been for a 16-year-old to be sitting across the table from a multimillionaire and CEO of a business. Just the impact alone on that, where he's saying, hey, young man, tell me about what you got going on, why you're doing it. But, that. Mr. Ricky, but, you got to think that the young man has value. 
They don't value the, the children. I was about Let, to get to that. Let's we, just we, be clear. We don't value the children and we don't value the black vote in Baltimore no, City. No, we don't. We, we take it for granted. And that's it. And, and I'm going to say it to some of those uh, already in office that's listening. Uh, even they take the black vote for granted. And Everyone that people. looks like you and me are not for the best of you and me. Absolutely. And, and it's a problem. I, and the squeegee thing, I mean, we can conversate about, but I just don't understand. I look at the, I'll go down Martin Luther King, right? And it's all white males. It used to be black males, but the white males have taken over the begging. Mm-hmm. They, they, they took that over. So as white males come in, walking with their little signs, no one says anything. Yes. And they walk up and down. I've seen some of them not really actually be homeless. They walk right off and go into cars. I've seen it. Yes. Because I used to work at University of Maryland. I have had, like, so, I have had an incident. We're on the subway. That a kid used to have his kid, dude used to have his kid with him, asked for money. And I said to him one day, I said, bro, I'm gonna give you this money so y'all can get something to eat, right? I said, but that's the most humbling thing because you take a million no's. If you was to go on Charles Street and walk to 33rd on Charles Street, repeatedly every day, somebody will hire you because they'll see your repetition to get. And the dude actually said to me, man, you knocking my hustle. I said, Slim, you begging. This ain't a hustle. Mm. And I remember there was homeless people that had them signs for help. Yes. But then it became a fad. It's a fad now. Exactly. Get some money. Yes. And I mean, everybody is just like their hands out and they don't want to do nothing. I don't know why, but I look at these white males and I don't understand. Ricky, I totally don't understand being white and male in America and there's no opportunity for you. Well, I, I don't. That to me right there is because I don't understand because America is built for white males. Well, it, it's and you're right. It's so opportunity I, for them. But when you really look at it, think think about squeegee kids didn't just come up. And one day I want to I want to give my, my wife and my company a shout out because we hired squeegee kids started two years ago. So, again, not because we're campaigning. We hired 17 this year. Um, so far this year, we hired 17. Beautiful. But I don't want to just, you know give a shout out about how many squeegee kids we hired. We hired 17, but we hired some of their parents too. Mm. But we also got seven of them back in school. So we, again, you have to get to the real issue. Some of the kids out there, the squeegee kids, and they tell you when you really sit down with them and they Mm. tell you their stories, man, my mom worked two jobs. I'm just trying to do this little hustle just to help out a little bit. Um, And then one kid even told me, you know, she, she, you know, she, uh, she was like, you know, out here is entertainment for me. We don't have cable out here is air conditioning because we don't have air conditioning in the house. So we don't understand or realize that a lot of the issues we have in Baltimore out on the street is because we don't have it in the homes. Yes. We don't have lights in our houses. Yes. We don't have heat or air conditioning. So the porch or the front steps become entertainment and HVAC Absolutely. for a lot of our young black kids. Yep. So, but you know, we, we have to, you know, when you start looking at it, all of the squeegee kid issues, and again, some of them are knuckleheads. I'll be the first one to say, yes, Ricky Vaughn said it. Some of them are knuckleheads, <laughs> but not all of them. I got some knuckleheads that work for me and my company, but not all of them, mm-hmm. right? I got some knuckleheads in my family, but not all of not them. Not all of them. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, when you when you fail to 
go and connect with them True. and, and find out truly what's going on. Because everyone has a story. Yes. And I'm so glad you said the word no. I was told no so many times about becoming a franchisee. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have the money. No, you don't have the credit. Okay, I can agree with that. You're probably absolutely right. But at the end of the day, I'm so glad I had so many no's because only it, it only took one yes. Mm-hmm. It took one yes for me to build from one checkers into multi-brands. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I got a whole bunch of no's. And sure. even if, to, to go back, some of the no's I got, once I got that one yes i actually now franchise some of those uh concepts I love so <laughs> you know we have to again get out there and get connected with the community and listen to folks stories yes. now you're going to have some that's going to make excuses uh and they the ones i say if you don't want to help yourself then i ain't here to you know support you and help you either but think about when all of this squeegee kids exploded Back in the day, they weren't squeegee kids. They were selling bottled waters and sodas. Yes. That's where it started. That's where it it started. was a walking down there yes. with a cold drink. Yes. So don't say that they don't have a hustle in them or they're thugs or criminals yes. when they do have an entrepreneurial mind. When they say, you know they what, I'm not it. breaking in your damn house, mm-hmm. but I'm going to raise this soda up in the air and try to get 50 cents for yes. it. Then yes. what you had was certain folks of a different color mm-hmm. comes in and start doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what do a squeegee kid do? They go from selling soda sodas to now I'm going to wash your window. Yes. And now when you go on MLK, look at who's trying to also wash windows. The, so the same again, people. until you get connected to it, yes. don't be going on radio shows and TV shows trying to bash these kids and talk about them and say, oh, well, they not this and they that. Who then we you're gonna have, Then you're going to have who someone who, uh, uh, a gun. <laughs> who doing Did you that, hear about Ricky that Bond? one? Like the, the, oh, the, the lady the, shot. She uh, shot into her, in her car. car. I, ma'am, I am from East Baltimore. They said she's if a police I walk police up to officer. your car and you show me a gun, <laughs> I'm not going to reach for it. I'm going to run. I'm a East Baltimore kid. That that story right there didn't work for me at all. You saw how so, they quieted out. And she was black, I heard. Because if it was a white lady, we know we would have heard about but it. But the question that, was, why does she had a gun? She was, they said she in, was on board for the police. In, in the process, police officer why does she feel threatened? Of course, you know why. You understand what I'm saying? So these are the things that like everybody's supposed to be feel threatened because they're in urban community, but you come from urban community with a lot of same issues. One of my baby moms is a police officer. Let me tell you something. You don't roll your window down if you feel threatened, okay? And you and you know law enforcement. So I feel threatened, but I'm going to roll my window down yes, and I'm going to pull my weapon out. Yes. No, it's a setup. Yes. They're trying to uh, 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 get rid of us by any means, and they're also trying to put agendas on the table. Ma'am, no. That Call story. I, I don't Call buy it. So yes, out. this is Ricky Vaughn. I'm a candidate for mayor of Baltimore City and I don't buy it. You rolled your window down and you're going to pull your gun out. That was just going to be another incident on TV the way you said, I was threatened or scared of the black guy that I rolled my window down and I pulled my weapon out and I had already had a bullet in the chamber and I shot it in my car. Go I somewhere with it. that. We got the screen, the script. He done acted it out, called them out. Y'all saw it. I'm, I'm loving it. You know what? That I, I'm with you on that. I don't believe that story. I think it was a setup. And they put a black woman in place to make sure that there's no color, color mm-hmm. issue. So it's really- We, we do a lot of that in, 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 in politics and in Baltimore. And then you wait until later on to report it. Yes. Now- And then- Everyone responds, Jacko. They all start responding, and it's it, to me. But they have they don't have real solutions for these young men. Well, part of the real the reason why they don't have real solutions is because they're not willing. Again, you can't be afraid of the folks you're trying to serve. You got to talk to them. I would have been the mayor down there investigating myself. I'd be like, uh, "Will you come here? What's your name? What happened? Did you see her pull out a gun?" I, that's that's the investigation because right now I don't trust what's being told to us. Uh, just like so many others, I would have been down there myself with pen and paper trying to figure out what's 
going on. I've we've we've seen individuals. I've gone down there um, and, and actually just watched. You know, watched it. You know, because I was like, oh, you know, we're you know we're putting our name out here. Let's kind of watch and see. Me and my wife, we went down there. We went to the Wendy's around the corner from MLK. Got something to eat. Went and we just parked over near the. Um, uh, over in that uh, what's that Rite Aid or CVS that okay. that center, yeah, and we just right watched eight. them. We ain't seen not one single kid. We saw some of the older people, some of the older kids, um, you know, kind of get a little you know rowdy now and then. But them young kids, we never saw none of them disrespect. You know, some of them were going down there, kind of shaking their head when people said no. Some people was giving them money. We seen one young man where I don't know if the lady gave him you know three dollars or two dollars or whatever, but the boy standing next to him, he even gave him a dollar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's you know why I see the confrontations on president. You know, president, where they're squeegeeing, I've seen about four of them. I've even asked them, you guys, all right, you know, these white guys come around and mm-hmm. they fussing at them or saying, you're trying to talk to my girlfriend through the window. I've seen it yeah. on president going towards uh, the uh, the Whole Foods. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. area yeah. where, you know, yeah. they don't want no black yeah. kids. Yeah. 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 You know, Martin Luther King is a little black friendly, but over there in president, mm-hmm. they don't want them over there. And mm-hmm. they're very, very hostile to these young men, but they they keep coming. But now the other day I walked And they had two old police officers Sitting out there Older white guy And older black guy They were in a little Police car They have them sitting On President Street I'm like, really? That's, we got serious crime out here, and they sitting for squeegee kids. That's, that's the incident they was talking about. They was gonna put the SWAT team. Yes. And I said, y'all actually got enough money to, to put sit. SWAT. Just sitting there, squeezy kids. Just sitting there, and those guys, and they weren't there. They went to the next corner. We have two Baltimores. That is absolutely crazy, and that is the reason why we got all this overtime going on. Um, we got corruption within the police department going on. We got a commissioner that's not from Baltimore. One, you from New Orleans, so you got a map quest how to get to a crime. And, but we keep saying we got all this talent in Baltimore. If I was a Baltimore City Police Officer, one, I would have felt disrespect, disrespected right then and there. But, but Ricky, you said MapQuest, bruh. I mean, he got to get on MapQuest. You get on Waze now. Yeah, well, Waze. You know, I'm still, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> MapQuest I'm a, I'm dead, little, bruh. I'm a little unfortunate. I, I now, I don't drive myself everywhere I go now. So I'm, you know, kind of got to... Now we're hearing some different know. stuff. Okay. So, but, but yeah, but he got to get directions. He got to get directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. You, you got... Uh, I would never... Any, you know, I think the to appoint a police commissioner, part of the requirement should be it has to be someone a native of Baltimore familiar. or someone at least familiar. You ain't right. got to be born here, but at least you know familiar. we got somebody running for mayor, and he's only lived here for three years. Now I know it ain't MapQuest, but it's the other one that he still got used <laughs> to get around. I'm like, come what on, you, is going three on. years, three like, years, bro, and you can run the city. Yes, you, you. First of all, do you even know it's a northwest, south, uh, and east? You know, like, but you know the power. It's the inherent lies power. That's all that matters in it to a lot of people. But wow. you know, it's so many issues in Baltimore. We can go on and on and on. Um, I definitely wanted to address the uh, ex offenders. Um, I don't think we particularly addressed it, but we did say that needs to be some organization Absolutely. in the galvanization. Absolutely. But um, also going in the is there a way to go in prisons and do a little education? Is that or that's something you would have to get. Probably you got to get permission, permission to do it. To but do I, it. I know we we've done it, so we've been at Jessup. Um, we've been at the. Um, well, keep us. Um, uh, I, w- I would like to be a part of something like on that. You Woodburn, know? the uh, juvenile, uh, the juvenile center on Woodburn. Wow. Yeah, we we've been up there talking to them. So we've we've been out there. You know, uh, especially my my wife is actually again you you know the one thing with with Ricky Vaughn as mayor of Baltimore you get two for one. My my wife is very Sister strong. Alma. She's an advocate out there. She's um. 
you know, she actually just got on the Dunkin' Donut franchise license. So I got her on there as one of the youngest African-American females to uh, uh, franchise Dunkin'. So um, Beautiful. she's out there educating. What's your wife's name again, bro? Ellen Vaughn. Ellen Vaughn, box up. <laughs> we need you. So I need I need that. I need her. That's and excellent. keeping the house together. We got a three-year-old. Oh, and on top of that, keeping the house that together. That is so beautiful. So. so we're going to have a young person in the mayor mansion? Yes. Uh, three-year-old. Wow. Yes. Four-year-old, whatever. Five. That's amazing. They haven't had that in a long time, you know. Yeah, you a know, real, I'm, real youngster. You know, ins- <laughs> insurance <laughs> might go up at City Hall with him. It's a boy or girl? A boy. A boy. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, we never have. I don't think we've had that in a long time. Yeah, right? We haven't had it since because uh, I came here with um with uh Catherine, his daughter Catherine, the city that reads. I and mean, that wasn't even that young. I think Catherine was. She's uh, like twelve, right? That's yeah, a Mally, like, right? Yeah. 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 So that was the last children in the mayor mm-hmm. mansion. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I'm so excited to get to work. You know, we've, you know, I tell folks we've already been working. We've already been doing it. You know, you, you don't, you don't go in day one as a CEO. You start prepping and preparing yourself for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's still, you know, it's still what they call in politics a transfer of powers. Uh, so you still got to make sure that you, you know, some things in, in, in city hall and in politics that, I don't know. And many other candidates don't know because we've never been in that role. So uh, it's not like you go to high school and they say, OK, this is everything you got to do to become the mayor. And this is what you got to learn. And all job. That. Yeah. So we've um, you know, we still you know, go to hearings. We, we still sit in. I, I try to get to as many as I can. If I can't, I send someone from my team. Uh, but I'm typically in a lot of association meetings. Um, that's why I spend a lot of my time at is really uh, rallying and, and understanding better uh, what's going on within the different communities around Baltimore. Well, I tell you what, your name is being thrown out there. The old guard was in here. We had the Elijah Cummings tribute, and they were talking about Ricky Vaughn. Okay. We, so, uh, you know, the, yeah, the old guard is, your name is out there. So, you know, people know who you are. So. I, I appreciate it. I, I tell people I'm giving hell. You know, <laughs> you, you, I, I'm, I'm claiming it now, next mayor of Baltimore. Claim it. But if that's if that's not in my will, I'm still going to give you hell because uh, <laughs> I know where City Hall is located. Uh, I know where every city council uh, member. I know your your phone number to your office, and oh, I, I'm still going to give you hell. So He's I'm coming. I'm, I'm gonna make sure that we continue to make sure our voices is out there heard. And and listen, and we really appreciate that. We need real representation. Yes. Uh, we need some representation that's grimy, real talk. And I'm not saying grimy in a nasty way that's been through something. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing about it. we got all these rich people legislating for poor folk. That's a <laughs> hard movement. You cannot legislate something you've never felt. And, and that's why I said, you know, you, it's, it's, it's just how it is. You, you, you know, you can't you can't talk about living paycheck to paycheck. If, if you never if had you had never paycheck. lived paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> Thank you. you know? So how do you regulate right. that? Yeah. How do you know how to? And no one else can teach you. It has to be a feeling. Something has to, has to be an application to you. I say the heart. It starts with the heart. Absolutely. You know, most folks, you know, a lot of people say, all right, man, y'all own a hundred, hundred and nine restaurants. So. You know, I thought we, it was hundred. Now it's hundred and nine. Well, I said over hundred. So yeah, we have hundred and nine. So Amazing. we our our um, corporation Black consists family. of a hundred. Well, just me and my wife. Black family though, right? Oh yes. Beautiful. Yeah. So hundred and nine restaurants. Black jobs. We have uh, Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> Subway, um, Jimmy John's. Mm. Uh, we had Church's Chicken. We sold them for KFCs, um, Arby's, Huddle House. Uh, independent restaurants, Von Soul Cafe, Von's Taste of Soul, Ellen's Cafe over in the Hollands area, 11 food trucks. Um, I think that's it. I didn't even know oh, they sell food trucks as a combination. I thought food trucks were always individually owned 
but you can get those as yeah, you can you can buy a fleet you know my my my, I, had my no uh, idea. I call them my brothers but my my boys my brothers uh were homemade which they have a restaurant called Homemade here in, uh, on the other side of uh, the, the harbor. They actually have two food trucks. Then you got Sharif. Sharif has Sharif, two food, yeah, two sure food trucks. So, I know um, he had two, but I know he has one. Yeah, he had, he, he had actually, he had three at one point, but one of them was too big. Um, you know, that wasn't a food truck. He had a tractor trailer. <laughs> uh, but um, Sharif and then is you got um, uh, on York Road, uh, Mr. Muhammad. He got him. Yeah, he got a food truck. So. Okay, so I didn't know that you can buy them like that. So that's amazing. That, that was education for me. So you're, you're going to stay in the restaurant realm, I'm sure. And how is that? We get ready to get out here, but I just want to know, like, you're a CEO and you're a present CEO. Yes. So how will you be able to weigh being a CEO of this city, which has a plethora of issues, <laughs> <laughs> and running restaurants? It's a mechanical, you know, it's a lot of moving parts. How are you able to deal with both of those and be successful in both? So we, we have a very, very talented um, team that oversees my restaurants. I have a vice president of operations. Okay. My wife is a COO. Uh, she's going to shift and transition to the CEO role. Got it. Um, we have directors in, in uh, every state that we do business in. We have a director of operations. Excellent. Um, we uh uh, have great strong district managers my vice president of operations she actually was my very first employee so mm. when i purchased my first checkers um, that was your first restaurant checkers. that was my first restaurant was a mm. checker so when i purchased my first restaurant she was my assistant manager mm -hmm. uh and now she's the vice president of my entire company um Beautiful. we have ta who I, I always give her a shout out we hired her at 14 uh, she's uh, 19 now, graduating yeah. from college. Gra I'm sorry, we hired her at 14. She graduated high school at 16. Mm, uh, uh, Baltimore City schools. Uh, uh, <laughs> graduated at 16. Uh, now she's one of our store managers here in Baltimore. Uh, a mother uh, planning a wedding uh, and uh, graduating from college. Uh, wow, you year. know your employees. I love this. You know their stories. We, we just did a, uh, at KFC on Greenmount, we just did a... Um, the birthday bash and when i walked in everyone knew me uh that's, and so the radio station was thing. like oh, okay do they i was like yeah I, I tend to show my face um the ones that i don't see a lot of any uh the way i used to is south carolina florida i don't go to those two in new york i don't go up there quite as often as i used to but my wife does amazing amazing so listen to even have 10 restaurants you have to have a team yes. so to have 109 you definitely have a team. So you're able to move forward and, and be a very successful CEO of Baltimore City. I don't go on my restaurants as, as often as I used to. Okay. You know, it's, um, I still, I'm part of the group chats and all of that. Sure. Um, we do a lot of uh, events out there in the community. Uh, last year, we did uh, the event over at Drew Hill Park, brought all our employees there. So they still see me. We, we have a newsletter within the company that we send out. Um, all of my employees have my cell number every last employee it's in our handbook mm -hmm. uh so they they that's why i've been getting text messages and everything else over here um but you know it's really my wife is really the face of the company and okay. then i have a, ver a very good operations team but Again, i'm, I'm, up, you know, I'm 39 so it's kind of like now hey, i'll go wave my hand you know grab some chicken <laughs> grab a donut <laughs> uh, and you're about it then. but you know but and also i'm i'm you know i'm very i'm, I'm me i'm down to earth you know you my favorite meal too. 
yeah. is peanut butter and jelly and ooze and noodles. We heard that was and breakfast. great Kool Aid. Ooh, great <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm still, you know, like everybody was like, oh, y'all going out to eat tonight or all this. I'm like, we, we even went on vacation. We went to Florida. I took, I took my kids and my, uh, my some some of my family, my sister, and we went to, uh, we and we drove down. We wanted to like sightsee, mm-hmm. so we we rented an RV and all Beautiful. this. And everybody was like, all right, we gotta, um, you know, let's stop and get get dinner from here, and we're gonna go to Olive Garden. They was inside of Olive Garden. I was in the RV making peanut butter and jelly, and um, <laughs> you know, I called my jelly. wife. I was like, I know how long y'all gonna be in there because I'm I gotta run and get some sugar for my great Kool Aid. So. <laughs> I'm really? still yes. Really, I pulled, Ricky? I pulled up as uh, it was a Rite Aid. I pulled up at Rite Aid in the RV and ran in there while we were in Virginia <laughs> to get some sugar for my um, Kool Aid. So it's a real black man, y'all. Nah. And, and then I parked in the front with a red box. Was well, I didn't park? I was like. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, <laughs> You, oh, wow. I, I so you was driving you. though. So you, dri- you drove, drove the RV to I work? drove that RV. I know that's right. I, I, the only time I, I stepped away is when we started playing spades um, play? and pinochle. So I that's stepped what away. I'm talking about. We got real mayor right here. <laughs> pinochle, spades, spades is my game. Now, I ain't saying it. City Hall is going to be a whole bunch of sunflower <laughs> seeds and all that. Right? I ain't saying that. You know. Oh, my uh, goodness. It ain't going to be black, but, right? But yeah. you know, you're going to take care of some business, right? Absolutely. I get it. You got to take care of some business. That, listen. It is definitely um, a pleasure having some real conversation when you're talking about politics, because a lot of time people are so antiseptic and I'm going to do this and I want the best for the community. But you're talking real solutions, real things have happened in your life that you had to make solutions for. So when you when you uh, are fixing your own life, imagine what you can do. If you apply that to other people's lives Absolutely. in a macro level. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. I truly appreciate you're it. You're our first candidate. <laughs> uh, we're glad you're here. You're now the official black boxer. <laughs> well, I and appreciate when you become it. mayor, don't forget us, Ricky. Oh, no. Don't, no. Make, me come, don't make me call no. you, bro. Not, not at all. Not yeah, at all. Yeah, I would yeah. Definitely and definitely not we want to be um, very, um, we want to collaborate. We want to do some things that you do in the community. Definitely. We want to be present for that. And I'm, I'm going to talk to you off mic. I got something in mind. That, I appreciate um, it. Definitely. Yeah. But, um, and Antoine, again, Absolutely. always a pleasure, bro. I already know. It's for the streets. Yeah, you my big brother. It's always a pleasure. Well, you know, hope is a beautiful thing. How, what's hope? Help Tell us more. Pro- help no oppress people excel. Exactly. And they meet every Tuesday, right. right? Yeah. Every Tuesday, 11 Cathedral. 6 p.m. Ex-felons. Ex-felons helping ex-felons. And they welcome you in there, too. Yep, I came to the meetings, family. Real welcome. welcome come through, man. Yeah, it's come through. Like these, these brothers need it. And they feed you. And they give you some chicken. <laughs> man, I don't eat you, chicken, man. but you can get you some chicken, King Cole. Chicken pizza. Yeah, <laughs> you always get that chicken. <laughs> so Something in your mind. And man. something in your mind. The things they talk about is amazing because they talk from their perspective. Yes. You know, if you've never been a felon, you don't really know. So the, the people who are legislating for felons mm-hmm. have not been felons. And that's an issue because you don't go through, you don't walk the felons walk. So the things they're talking about is so inspirational when I was there. So Absolutely. Well, that's why, that's what prompted me to want to become a business owner is because I couldn't get a job mm. when I was convicted of a felon. It was, I couldn't get, I finally landed, um, I call it re-entry back into McDonald's also, but I had to leave out of state. I had to go to South Carolina. Is that right? So, and that's when, um, that's really what prompted me to want to become a, a, a franchisee or an owner is because I could not find a job. 
Are you, as a franchisee, do you hire? I sure enough do. I got it, bro. I got it. Absolutely, absolutely do. I, I think he can, he can, he can testify to that. Absolutely. That's what's up. Uh, because I, that's what we got to hear. Like, you can have 500 restaurants and you don't have no, absolutely. you have some people like you. We, we, we hire, uh, we, we hire reentry. We hire uh, 14 year olds because a lot of companies stop hiring 14 year olds because of the insurance purposes. Yes. Um, I still carry the high insurance and, and I hire them. Um, like I said, Todd, one of my best employees i hired her at 14 um, we offer uh medical dental vision we offer paid vacation for not only mothers out uh for the birth of a new a, a new one to the family but the fathers get two weeks paid vacation as wow. well this is regardless if you work for us for a week wow. or if you work for us for two years um the one thing i always told people is i never wanted to be rich i always wanted to be able to uh, be able to take my family out to eat one night a week. And that out to eat don't have to be Applebee's. It can be KFC. It can be McDonald's. No, I just want to get outside of the house and spend mm. some quality time with them. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I believe or I know my success is not behind Ricky Vaughn. It's behind those people that wake up early in the morning, go home late. Uh, we're open, especially Dunkin' Donuts. We're open 365 days a year. Mm. And I, I go in on Christmas as well with them. Um, this is not something per se from a, a owner I want to do. I believe it's that balance of family time. But I still and I'm a franchisee, so I kind of got to go with some of the politics of the brand sure so we still open up but i go in there with them and we had we actually have fun that um, is beautiful. so absolutely that's excellent so and and that's what we need we need black owners who's gonna hire some black people yes because and then that affects black unemployment now we're moving now the community is changing and, so, and not just hire them too but we got to continue to educate them so we, absolutely we bring you know uh, education. We, and this this challenge go out to black owners you can't have a restaurant or a business and bring them in at entry level and keep them at entry uh, level we got to educate them and get them you know uh, why not why can't you have an ex-felon as a ceo of a company or the vice president talk. so you know we we think that we're doing something by saying oh yeah i hired you as an ex-felon you can drop chicken no man i i hired you to give you an opportunity to give you a platform that you can build off of. So I'm looking for a district manager. I need you to get ready in six months to become a district manager. I love Will you it. get a company card, company credit card? Will you get 100% health paid insurance and all that? That's what we're looking for. Holler at me with that district manager position. <laughs> what you talking about? See, paid card. We need that. Oh, yeah, I had that at McDonald's. That was my. That's I'm telling you, bro. Like I'm trying to I get. I had to pay for no gas. That position is what's up. Everybody was like, "Are you filling up?" I used to go to the pump, like fill it up on it. It was like, well, I was like, "Yeah, buddy." It was like, <laughs> but before I was a dismount, let me get two dollars and seventeen cents on pump five, please. I know that's right. I'm liking that district manager position. That sounded real, real. Got some ice on that. All right, well, we're we're almost out of here, but you know, you got to give your last will and test. You got any talents, though? You know. <laughs> We always we a talented community. The, what you got, Ricky? I don't know. My my talents. Um, I would say it's another day. Every night and day, I think of another way to tell you something good. I don't think that I ever. Nah, that's all you know, because my wow. CD would be available uh, the month before I become <laughs> mayor of Baltimore. We have a mayor that can blow, uh, y'all. But, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, he got a little chicken in his voice. I, I like to just. I love it. I just like to uh, connect nice, with folks. Thank you. That was really nice. I, I just love connecting with folks and just being being real, being me. 
You yes, know, we need um, some authenticity in the mayor's yeah. office. And listen, I am impressed today. People that can actually have fun too. You know, we this is serious business. Don't get me wrong, sure. but you got to have that connection with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I've always said that music and laughter. You know, one of my companies we didn't even talk about is the Kai Group, which is the Battle of the Bands, uh, the Love and Laughter Tour with Ricky Smiley and Fantasia. So my daughter's name is Kyra. My business partner' daughter' Wait name is Amari. Minute. You so talk the, about uh, a whole nother game. You done uh, bought a whole nother interview. This is the last will and testament. You coming with more companies, bro? Well, it's a, well, that's actually that was my second company. That's really before I even spread out into restaurants. It was the so I did the battle of the bands. I was the uh, my business partner. Dad is actually the founder. Uh, well, grandfather and then father was the founder of Battle of the Bands. So, are um, we continuing this battle of the bands? We do. We do it every year. Is the we do the back to school uh, battle of the bands in Atlanta. So when you talk about, you know, Houston and all Why those, all we did Atlanta? it. What's up with Baltimore? Well, we did it in Baltimore a couple of years ago. We did it at the, uh, back then it wasn't the, uh, it was the uh, Baltimore Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And so we did it. It was a great turnout. But the challenge is really getting a lot of the universities to actually commute and travel. So you got to go Especially to the with South. their schedules. So you go to them. Because the majority of them, we, we try to They're promote it. So like Morgan. FAMU. Um, you know, fam, well, from up north, you got Morgan, Morgan. Temple, mm-hmm. um, Lincoln. All those guys came Chaney. down. But, you know, it's challenging getting, you know, FAM and, you to know, all up. those guys. Um, Allen University, all those guys coming up here. So. Wow. So Grambling, all of them, all, everybody comes. That's amazing. We, we send out the invite. Now, also, it's challenging. Uh, now, it's becoming more challenging because a lot of folks are doing so much within the community now with bands and, uh-huh. and, and now partnering with high schools, too. Um, this year was a huge success. We we actually had um, uh, Ricky Smiley um, came by. Uh, I think my first year really involved in it when me and my business partner got together, uh, Ricky Smiley hosted it. Uh, and this was in South Carolina. We did it in South Carolina that year. Wow. So we were, uh, I grew up in South Carolina. You're in my neck of the woods. My bro. wife is from Columbia. Oh, wow. So I lived in Mount Pleasant. I, I'm familiar. Went to high school there. I owned the Church of Chicken in Mount Pleasant. So we owned well, all the we owned all of the Church's chickens. We owned all the Church's chickens in South Carolina. Yeah, I was the only you, franchisee in South Carolina. you got Carolina. rid of them honey biscuits? We we got rid of them for KFC. It was a conflict of cause. Uh, or, is that right? Yeah, for your so franchise. So KFC, be- you think, is a better... Well, of course, you well, got it, rid it, of them. It, it provided us a, a, a larger growth opportunity. Got it. Because... Ch- uh, Church's Chicken I was only in South Carolina KFC I'm in New York sure. I'm in New Jersey I'm in Philly I'm in Baltimore Got it Got it So, so it was a business move Yeah it was a Well and I was broke um, Cause I was like Alright we <laughs> got cash in uh, But no talk. I also <laughs> But I also uh, Sold uh, Church's Chicken To expand my Dunkin Donut portfolio Cause I brought uh, The stores in Texas actually Texas and uh, Oklahoma Oh yeah cause you said That you You had a footprint In te- mm-hmm. Everybody's in this Texas man Yeah I, Yeah Texas is great It's um It's not a Baltimore though But it's great It's great um, Baltimore is uh, It has that love though For especially young Uh Young blacks in Texas, uh, Texas and Atlanta. Atlanta also is very Atlanta welcoming. Too. Exactly, very welcoming. I've been there black. so many times. Very welcoming. Yes. The box is on its way down there again. But I'll be down there next weekend. Oh, okay. um, it's a uh, stage you got play room by. Your RV, bro? Uh, well, I, this is actually I can be a, in the back. This is a room? quick flight down because oh. I'm, I'm camp. You know, I'm campaigning. <laughs> but uh, a, a writer from Baltimore, Derek Dixon, mm-hmm. uh, wrote a play, uh, and it's uh, in uh, Atlanta next weekend, the 16th. So I'll be flying down there to support him. What, what, what's it, Derek? Uh, Derek Dixon. Derek Dixon. Box up. Huge, huge writer. Box up, um, Derek. Does Come. a lot of national plays. Wow. So. I don't know Derek Dixon. We need that homeboy in here to yeah. talk about his his work. So your last will and testament, brother. You uh, already gave us the talent. 
Rick, Ricky Vaughn, you know, I always tell folks, uh, check out the website. It's rickyvaughn.com, which is R-I-K-K-I-Vaughn.com. I'm on all of the social media. Uh, to be a millennial, I can't remember all of them, but I know Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, all that. Uh, you can also reach us at our campaign office, 443-515-9100. I check all of my emails. I may can't get back to you right away, but believe me, I check them. I'm up until about one o'clock in the morning. What's your email? Um, email is Ricky, R-I-K-K-I at RickyVaughn.com. Spell Vaughn so for the people. Vaughn is V as in Victor, mm-hmm. A-U-G-H-N. So it's Ricky, R-I-K-K-I, mm-hmm. Vaughn, uh, V-A-U-G-H-N. Got it. Uh, and so please uh, come out, vote, look at all candidates, every single candidate, look at their platform, look at where they've been and where they are now, and not just what they say, but what they've done and what they're doing. Uh, so hopefully I gain your support. Um, I don't run away from those tough questions. Ask me. If I don't know, I'm going to say we'll figure it out together. Beautiful. Love this. Antoine, what's your talent, bro? You going to spit? We're going to have some, some music on for you, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what you got? What you got? You got a poem? You got some talent? Okay, you just our brother. That's fine. My talent is helping people. That's a, that's a beautiful that's talent. God bless me. And I found out. That's, I found out that's the one he blessed me with. And that's you a great blessing that, you, that you're serving. Yeah. Yeah. And you created this program. Yeah. That, that is an absolute blessing. Yeah. So your last will and testament to the family today. For those who like at a level where it feel like everything is over, just keep your desire pushing because that moment that you excel forward, that's your greatness. Mm. You know, because there was times that, like, I just totally thought nothing was going to never happen. And everybody was like, bro, them people ain't going to listen to now today. Here on Black Box Radio. Hmm. Sitting next to Rocky Vaughn. Absolutely. True friend, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Life changes. From the hood, Huffman Holbrook, man. And I like, you know, it just shows me, you know what I'm saying? As long as you got a desire, the means of wealth is endless, but it ain't about money. Yes. It's yes. about the richness of you, what you believe in, in your vision, you know, so on. That's some good stuff. Yes. Yeah, come check us out. 811 Cathedral Street, Mount Vernon, Tuesday night, 6. Matter of fact, tomorrow night, I will be leading the class. Yes, sir. Yes, come get it. Come, come get, get some it. of this knowledge. Talk to these brothers. Out. Yes, come support them. You know, they're trying to do good work in the community and with themselves. Yeah, you know, you made a mistake coming. and you're coming back, you kind of right that wrong. We need some brothers out here who can support these brothers. So that's sure. Tuesday night. Say it again. 811 Cathedral Street, Mount Vernon, Tuesday night, Emmanuel Episcopal Church, okay. uh, Reed Street side door between Charles and Reed. Absolutely. And you will be there. I will be there. Leading the class tomorrow. And you can reach me at 443-449-4086. Or our website is helping. Hope up. Hold on, excuse me. Our website is hopeinbaltimore.org. Okay. Or you can reach us at Helping Oppressed People Excel, spelled all the way out, at gmail.com. Okay. Helping Oppressed People, spelled out, at gmail.com is the yeah. email. Yeah. And the website is hope in Baltimore. In Baltimore. I in Baltimore.org, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. 
So, brothers, we out. This has been excellent. We, can, I mean, we could talk about so much more. I mean, this is. I feel like I'm on the couch with my brothers. I was. I, was, I need some Dunkin' Donuts and some chicken. I ne- don't eat meat. But, next time uh, I'm wearing pajama pants, my flip flops. That's what uh, I'm talking about, and I like that. Next time, I'm, I'm gonna have my little blanket around my shoulders. <laughs> and we gotta know. have hey. Sister Ellen. Yeah, we gotta get y'all together. I think that's gonna be a good mix. Yeah, Ellen is. She is funny. She is. And uh, I need a powerful sister around. So. From Columbia too. Oh so, yeah, yeah, we need to meet Sister Ellen and sisters. We need to talk. Yeah. Bring that in. Here, she uh, she'll be here. I'm I'm gonna gonna give the information that'll work, that'll work. And but, um, listen, you are a friend to Black Box. Um, we don't endorse, we are neutral, so we will have other candidates. But I'm, I will say, personally, I'm impressed. Well, thank you, I appreciate it. And and definitely, there's some good candidates out there. Um, reach out to my uh, my buddy Stokey, yeah, Stokey. Um, I'm gonna reach out to, I have, and I'm waiting for him because I would like to, I've heard a lot about him too. I would like to have him on and um, and hear what he his platform and everything. But I've heard a lot about Stokey yeah. too. I've heard people call him Stokey Carl Michael. I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy. That's <laughs> <a minute."> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, they always put the Black Stokes. Panthers. I'm like, yeah. okay, we got a real powerful Stokes. brother. We we I even gotta give a quick shout out to Hugh Jones. Hugh uh, Jones, okay. He he's run, he was running for mayor. Uh, he just got married yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's uh, suspending his campaign and endorsing us. So uh, beautiful. Thank you, uh, Mr. Uh, Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones got uh, married yesterday. Yes, yeah, November tenth, two thousand nineteen. We shot now Hugh Jones wedding. <laughs> so he got married, and then now he's suspend, suspended his campaign. Uh, this week he'll be suspending his campaign, and he's uh, publicly endorsing us. Okay, is with mayor? I have one question before we roll out of here. Is there like a vice mayor, like assistant? Is how does that work if the mayor, the capacity? Because I know I went to the after um, Pew. Mm-hmm. We got uh, President Jacko. of City Council. Yeah, so that's your next movement. You don't that's have like a vice mayor or, vi- or assistant have, mayor, or you have uh, at one point it's the option of the administration, the current administration, if the mayor wants to have it. But you have a deputy mayor. Deputy mayor. Um, got it. But deputy mayor has no um, from a uh, legislative or from a um, uh, rule of laws or anything have no real power. Um, the deputy mayor is typically the individual that uh, kind of goes out when the mayor can't go there for photo ops and representing the mayor's. The so administ- the ma- this is a mayor-heavy city then. Yes. So the mayor has. And you got some folks trying to put an administrator in place. Um, but okay. I, I disagree with that also. Uh, that's just another salary that don't need to come out of taxpayer uh, d- uh, dollars and pockets. Um, because now the mayor will be more um, kind of a ceremony. Um, versus uh, so the man needs to work for that one. What yes. is it? One eighty three. Man needs to work. Yeah, you got to work for that. That's a lot of lot of chicken yeah. right there. Lot lot of chicken. One eighty three, you know, Jacko. I can get a Jacko whole bunch of five dollar fillers. I see why they don't want to leave these seats. <laughs> <laughs> I see, the, and you get to mansion. I see why they don't want to leave. You get a house. You yeah, get a driver. No, no house. No house. Yeah, you don't get a house. Well, don't you get to move into a mayor mansion or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that's, that the, was... that's only the governor. The, the oh, governor's that's the governor. Mansion. Oh, I'm moving yeah, stuff. Sorry. The... So you, <laughs> sorry, bro. So you get your own house. You just get security around. You get security around. It. So yeah. the people in the neighborhood you, are happy. You have a whole bunch of people that live in Seclair apartments running for mayor. Mm-hmm. Talking about, all right, I'm the man that we were getting. But now you, uh, whatever, whatever your residence is, you get security around it. Sure. You know, and I tell folks again, I remember I'm not because Dixon didn't want to give up her cameras. I remember now remembering things. Well, my, you know, that's why, I, you know, I'm not afraid of Baltimore. My house has security. I have security uh, system around my house. I do have private security as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's only because of my wife and my sure. son, because sure. I'm, you know, I travel a lot. But, uh, you know, you get you get those those features, you know, those perks. But, you know, one thing it was uh, that I like also is is 
who I don't like is that you you play politics because actually the president of city council is supposed to get a detail, um, but it's up to the mayor if they want to allow the president of city council to get a detail. Really? So that's why Brandon drives himself around. That's why when Jack was in the office, he drove himself around because uh, the, the mayor, doing the mayor didn't want to give him a... Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. So they're not best friends. Mm. 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 That means something. <laughs> so if I like you, mm. you get a detail. You get a detail. If I don't like you, you drive. Yeah, you better go fill up on pump six. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's a lot of politics in this thing and relationships. You ever say relationships matter? It, it, it does. But, sure. you you know, people got to stop taking it personal. Mm. You know, that's the challenge. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you're not going to uh, vote for this person or endorse this person. I'm like, no, I like them as a person. But as a policymaker, no. I mean, you know, it's but it's that doesn't difference. that yeah. doesn't mean that I can't call you up and we can't go, you know, have a cup of coffee together. I mean, you're not going to agree with everything that your elected officials do or say. Um, I'm going through it right now with the consent decree. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> on both sides, Republican and Democrats, uh, because decree. of my views on that. But mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm I'm me. You know, it's I can't be. I'm not gonna say I can't be changed, but you know, my views are strong. Um, I in the sky. I'm for that. I'm, I'm getting a lot of heat behind that. Uh, so eye in the sky, eye in the sky. I'm getting, you know, one. It's, uh, you know, again, I lost my brother in Baltimore. Sure. So when you talk about um, opportunities or at least initiatives, I'm one of those. Again, as a business owner, roll the dice, see what we get. If it worked, great. We got something that worked. If it don't, take it off the books. And got and it. it's not, uh, again, business standpoint, it's not costing me a dime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please, true. let's try that. And that's true. You can implement it. And if it doesn't work, you can pull it back. Take it back. But just try it. Yes. Because right now, you know, tell the families that are, tell the 300 plus families <laughs> that we don't want to do this. I'm you know, you. so that, that's the issue that we have. Try it. It works great. It doesn't work. And then people are talking about, well, it's going to violate um, privacy and all that. I've never seen a damn plane in front of someone window looking at them while they were in the shower yes. i mean and if you think about a two-year-old shot in the stomach our privacy has already been violated yes. i mean come on now yes. let's get serious about this that is so true mm-hmm. shoot children in the stomach how much more we with it that don't be wanting to be seen police is sleeping police is kissing police is oh you said police is kissing I love so, it so incest like, in the police all department this, all this goes down on the block so <laughs> all that's know. going down well, so, uh, that's, that's why, why they, they, that's don't, why want they don't want the yeah, eye yeah, yeah that's why they don't the want the eye the eye gonna see it you the know what I'm saying why it's gonna open up some. It's, it's gonna, gonna open it up, and they don't want to be seen. I know the FOP ain't having it. They the, like no sir. The wire part two. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, family, we out of here. This has been <laughs> this has been great. This you have to come back. Thank you. you know, when we get mid next year, midway, come back and tell us where you are, how you feeling, because this it. is a long road. This is a journey you on. It is. You know, it, it don't it don't start here. I know you know it don't start here. Don't so, start so, here it won't end here. It won't end here. So we got a long way to go. This is the beginning. I appreciate you being our first Thank you. Uh um candidate to come on. Um and we started at the mayor, so we're doing good. We didn't start at the dog catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. I mean, so that's a blessing. And I you know, you hit me back and out of all of the folks that I've hit on um the social media, you're the only one who hit me back over and over so I appreciate that Absolutely. Mickey Vaughn thank you and we've had some great conversations you're a real brother I want to say a real you know but we can't say that <laughs> we, I want to keep it hunted but <laughs> fact, you know we got to keep it keep it clean you're a real brother and I, I, I appreciate I, yeah we really appreciate you having Tuan you know it's all love Absolutely. 
I all love you. Yeah, appreciate you having you, Cameron. And you're going to come back again. We're going to have you on and on and on because we got to make sure hope stays relevant. Oh yeah, it's gone. Yeah, because you know we, they they've channeled a lot of our brothers into prison, so we got to support them when they come up out of here, and 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 make them and you know give them some power. Yeah, yeah, to be empowered so they can be great citizens. So. And fight, continue to fight to make sure that we they don't keep sending our yeah. men to prison, Real and talk. women to prison, and women so, and women going at enormous numbers and dying at enormous numbers. I mean, we've got to change this paradigm. So we out of here, family G. Anything you want to say? Say with your pink hat. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're out of here. Um, Black Box Radio, check us out. Check us, check, yeah, check all our handles. Um, Black B L A K no C box B O X X two X's radio R A D I O dot com or Black Box for Facebook, the Gram. That's us. Holla at our yard. Come see us. We're out of here. Peace. Peace.